Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of the B-Side Podcast for the film stage. Here, as you know, we talk about movie stars, not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones that they made in between. And today's Tay Day. It's Tay Diggs Day. We're talking about Tay Diggs. I feel like me and Connor have mentioned Tay as much as any other person in our many episodes like uh, have uh, of not doing him but wanting to do tay. yeah it's so, always it's been one of the ones that i feel like has always kind of floated around there because of our affinity yeah. for the best man franchise and uh <laughs> yeah it starts with well yeah we'll get into it it starts i realized in rewatching that i have watched most tay things <laughs> i i uh but it starts with the best man for sure, and it goes from there. Um, and we brought on a very special guest. Uh, she was with us on the uh, one of our Cinefall game nights uh, somewhat recently uh, with uh, Josh, right? Sharday, that was yeah. the same episode. Yeah. Yep, Josh Rubin. Josh Rubin, who has uh, his movie Werewolves Within uh, and Tribeca. If you're listening, any 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 day now, I think. And so. Anyway, properly introducing you, Charday Sellers, filmmaker, among many other things. How are you doing today? Hi, guys. I'm great. Uh, thank you for that intro. Yes, I, I filmmaker is just the easiest, but I, I, I have the podcast, Afro Horror Podcast. Um, I'm a screenwriter. I had a movie come out a couple of years ago called Deadly Dispatch, and I've just wrapped a TV show called Contacts that should be airing in July of this year. What? Love yeah. That. Cool. So, Congratulations. Um, Thank you. I was really excited. Sci-fi thriller starring King Batch, who's pretty oh, well known. Uh, Andrew Bachelor, right? Yes, Is, yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You know what's funny? So he had, I like, obviously like him, King Batch. If you don't know, listener, you probably should know. But he got big through... Uh, not TikTok, but what was it called? Vine. Vine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was like on Vine, and I'm I'm remember, ancient. Remember Vine? I'm, I remember mean, Vine. Yeah. Fifteen seconds. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm you know the oldest thirty two year old in the world, but like I remember my my brother's like ten years younger than me, so he would like we would like love the videos together, whatever. And then he became like a legit good actor in a lot yeah. of stuff. And like, even there's a movie last year that I wrote a positive review review of for the film stage, uh, uh, that's on HBO Max called Greenland with G Gerard Butler, and he's in like one of the best scenes of that movie. He yeah. just like shows up for two scenes, crushes, and you're like, wow, this guy's really like. He's doing great stuff. So that's awesome. No, he's really cool. taking his uh, acting career very seriously. He's just got cast in a new movie. I don't know what it is, but it was just announced. Um, he's probably, and then not just as the actor of the show, he's the executive producer and creator of the show. And oh. I've never watched Vine because, and I'm still not a TikToker. I'm still not, I'm not into <laughs> it. Um, I like reels, ironically, like an old lady I am. Like, <laughs> I like reels. Because um, they take all the TikToks and put them on reels. Yeah. Like, I don't have to download anything. But in our note session for the show, I, I did have some apprehension because I, you know, I, this has been my career for 10 years. And I was like, well, what is this Vine star going to tell me about TV that, that yeah. I need to know? But he honestly... He gets TV so well. He he had the best notes. He understood his vision and he knew how he wanted to execute it. And then he also gave us the room to just play. He was the best collaborator, the sweetest guy. And I'm really happy for all of his success. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, but like we like you were saying, we were talking about right before the, we started recording. You have a million things going on. Afro Horror Podcast is great. Obviously, um, uh, so it's awesome to have someone as versatile as you on to talk about a guy who is, as we were just talking about, incredibly versatile. Tay Diggs, who yeah. is just fifty, if you can believe that, fifty years old, like uh, two months ago or whatever, like a few months ago. And oh my God, like the best looking 50 year old, I don't know, who's ever yes. lived. Like, and look, so, <laughs> so, okay. Well, as we start with these podcasts, um, uh, Tay Diggs, Shardae, why don't you tell us where did Tay arrive in your life? What was the first thing you saw Tay in? What mm-hmm. do you remember? What, 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 what struck first in your, in your movie TV watching life? Well, in case the listeners can't tell, because I have such a uh, Midwestern white passing voice, I am actually black, um, <laughs> just in case you didn't know. Um, so you would think my introduction to uh, Mr. Diggs would be the best man or the wood or even how Stella got her group back, but it sure. wasn't because um, I grew up in a very sheltered home in Lansing, Michigan, and my mother never allowed us to watch any of that stuff. So it's actually really funny. I'm on my journey now as an adult to rewatch a lot of these movies I never got to see. So <laughs> my, my first experience um, with Tay was ironically the house on haunted Hill. Yeah. Which yeah. is, yeah, which is kind of what led us to reach out to you because we had had such a great time on game night and Dan and I had both listened to the Afro horror pod. And when yeah. we were oh, talking, when we were talking about doing Tay, we were like, oh, we should talk about that house on haunted Hill remake. And then you obviously came to mind. So because yeah, yeah, that was exactly right. Yeah. yeah. We were, cause we, we had, a, that was, that was our, uh, one of our best, we've had an amazing 2021 of game nights like yeah so your your guys's game night was great we we just recently had an amazing one with the action boys podcast like it's just been a good run you know um and so vibing off of that and listening to your pod and talking about the that movie because okay so this is so funny that you just said that i'll, yeah. I'll use i'll use that as a segue to me i in case you can't tell from my voice am a very <laughs> white person from <laughs> Um, you know, I'm, I always say I'm from sur- suburbia, but to, to see where I am from, it's really more rural than that. Actually, yeah, and, it's and, a, yeah. And, and I always, it's weird. It's that thing where like when friends would visit me, they'd be like, no, this is not like Long Island suburbs. This is like, you know, more far. Well, just I was Poughke- like, okay. Poughkeepsie suburbs are different than say they are, New York they are, City yeah. suburbs. Yes. Or, yes. Or but, whatever. but anyway, what's funny about that is the thing about Tay is, and I did see House on Haunted Hill, and it did scare the bejesus out of me because I'm a scaredy cat. You know, it's like when I was 12, and it, when I rewatched it, it still did because I'm a little baby. But anyway, um, for me with Tay, it was all of those movies. It was yeah. the wood. The wood was like anyway, the wood I loved, and then like. Um, a little bit later in his career, but only by a couple of years, Brown Sugar is just a movie yep. I absolutely love. Um, and then, um, and I believe, am I, I'm right about this. It's the, the wood Brown Sugar and our family wedding are all directed by Rick, uh, Fuajima, I believe. Right. So they, I, I think, I think he did all three of those movies. Connor, maybe you can fact check me on that, but it's funny that you say that because yeah, those were all the movies I loved him in. And then the best man, as we mentioned early, for me, the best man and then the best man holiday, the sequel that came out only a few years ago. Those are movies that I just like. I love. I rewatch. I like showed my wife. My mom loves them. We own all the, you know, Rick, I just Rick Fumoyiwa. 
From, thank you. But yeah. he did direct all those films. Yeah. yeah. So so great collaboration uh, uh, the two of them have. And then Connor, what do you, I mean, what about you? Is it similar to me? Is it a little later? He also yeah. was in e Equilibrium, which yeah, is so like I, a... I was going to say, I think that's that was probably <laughs> my first one, unfortunately. I remember, I remember uh, the House on Haunted Hill remake when it came out and I actually tried to, I'm going to dovetail that into a question for you. Like, mm -hmm. so if, if that was your first intro, was it, was that more of like, uh, was that where you were like, Oh, this is Tay Diggs. And I know who Tay Diggs is now. Or was it like, you kind of knew who he was. And that was just the first movie that you actually like saw him in. I definitely knew who he was. That was just the first mo full yeah. movie I saw him. Cause you know, when you're a kid, you will sneak clips as the family's yeah. watching. Obviously they were yeah. watching the wood and they were watching these movies in the living room. I just weren't, I wasn't allowed to join them. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. recognized him, but this is the first time I actually got to say, Oh, this is him in a whole movie. Funny enough. Then after that, then he did Malibu's most wanted. And I actually got to see him again, but it wasn't until later I saw the wood and you know, my best friend. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. I saw Malibu's most wanted in the theater. Yeah. And I, you know what? I cannot tell a lie. I'm sure. I think I laughed a mile a minute. I thought it so was did hysterical. I. I thought it was yeah. funny. I still think it's very funny. And I Regina think... Hall is in it from, what is it? She's also with Tay and, um, yeah. Regina, Regina She Hall. plays the stripper. Yeah. Regina yeah. Hall oh, in, uh, best plays man. the stripper and the best man. So it's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. a fun little reunion. Yeah, and 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 uh, and obviously Regina Hall. Yeah, she's in both Best Man movies. And and um, the Malibu's Most Wanted. It's funny because obviously because of Jamie Kennedy, yeah. and there was that moment where he they they gave Jamie Kennedy the shot. They were like, okay, let's see what's up with Jamie Kennedy. And that was the only one that really hit. That movie did actually surprisingly well. But like Son of the Mask, right? Oh, like <laughs> other other vehicles, they just didn't work. Like the one where he's a break dancer. I can't remember the title. Like. They just didn't hit, but Malibu's Most Wanted kind of did. But the probably the funniest part about Malibu's Most Wanted is Tay Diggs and Anthony Anderson play right. actors right. who are hired by Ryan O'Neill, I believe, who's like Jamie Kennedy's yep. father to play politician father, yeah, like, to play quote gangsters. unquote gangbangers, right? Like, and, and they and they like don't they're like theatrical thespians, so they yeah. don't know. <laughs> it's like the it's actually pretty shrewd and funny if I remember correctly. And I just I watch, I rewatched the trailer like before we recorded, and I was like, oh my god, this movie Mel it's funny. Wanted. It it's still pretty holds funny. up. Honestly, yeah. it, it really still. Holds holds up like you would think oh 2003 watching it now would be like so inappropriate um it it's not it's still very poignant it's a good conversation i think we're all still having and it's just a funny movie at the end yeah. of the day yeah no and i love to hear that because because i didn't get to a full rewatch but for, for this pod but i was like just thinking back to that time where i saw everything and I, th I mean i saw every movie you know when i was that age and it you know that was just one of them and i and i really liked it so anyway um so the four movies we're going to focus on today are um in order and connor you can make sure i get the years right but it's uh -huh. house on haunted hill um from 1999 yep yeah it's basic from 2003 which is sadly john mctiernan's uh last movie uh, so far he's still alive but you know yep and um then i believe it's baggage claim in 2013 uh -huh. ding, ding 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 interesting ding. and then uh interesting a movie a movie and um uh finally with a bullet till death do us part <laughs> 2017 tay's a producer on it yeah uh soft soft to hard remake of sleeping with the enemy yeah we'll, get, we'll talk we'll talk about uh, it. Yeah. but uh anyway so starting with house on haunted hill obviously it is Yay. a fairly well 
we'll talk about it. It's 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 a a pretty direct, but then in a lot of ways not direct remake of the um, William Castle movie from mm-hmm. 1959, starring Vincent Price, among many others, obviously. And um, I re I I watched that movie actually for the first time. In in preparation for oh, this, oh, you had never because I had never seen it. I had never seen it. Okay. I, had never seen it. <gasps> I think the, the only Vincent Pre- or the only sorry, the only William Castle I had seen was The Tingler, which I think came out a couple years after uh, House on Haunted Hill. But um, okay. Anyway, I enjoyed the original. Obviously, it's a classic. You know, regarded as a classic now. Kind of funnily, I don't know if you guys. I'm sure you guys know this, but but uh, like. The year after he makes that movie, he makes 13 Ghosts. And like yes. two years yeah. after the remake gets made, yeah. they yep. remake 13 Ghosts, which is just kind of weird. And um, anyway. So I, I love 13 Ghosts, though. The, 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 the original it. or the remake? The, like remake? the remake. I'm obsessed, yeah. Who's I believe, the ensemble in that? I believe it's Matthew, Matthew, Lillard. Matthew Lillard's in that one, right? Matthew Lillard, yeah. Shannon Elizabeth, Monk. I don't know his name. Oh, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. A child. We stand a legend, Tony Shalhoub, Monk. Yeah. Monk himself. Uh, who else? Yeah, there's a lot of people in that movie. I believe F. Marie Abraham's in it, actually. That feels If I'm right. not mistaken. Oh, uh, and so- there's about 13 ghosts in it. Oh. oh. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always, Day players. In my, in my head, in my young watching horror movies and being scared head i always combined ghost ship with 13 ghosts you guys love remember, remember yes. ghost ship i, I just ghost ship. I, I the only thing i remember about ghost ship is the opening oh the most ha- the most haunting opening you'll ama- ever see it's amazing it's great brilliant uh oh god it's but, brutal um, that's i believe you, you don't remember the scene where uh one of the characters is chasing after ghost boobies and he falls to his death that's not memorable. I, we, that all memorable that, to me. we all remember that. We all remember Well, that, that just felt like old hat, you know? Like Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this movie. So House on Haunted Hill, the remake. William I think Malone. Ghost Boobies was the original title, and then they were like, no, we'll make it about the ship. <laughs> I don't know if I can curse or not. So no, you can't. Oh, curse, fun. curse, please. Okay. <laughs> no, but boobies is, oh, I mean, that's, I mean, preferred uh, lexicon language there. No, so, so. Um, if it's ghost boob, is it ghost boobies? Is it like, do we just. All right. Do it? <laughs> all right. Now, who, that's now, great. Now it's, it's new The sequel lines. is just two yeah. boobs. Yeah. <laughs> We're like we're like in an office. The flashback in an office, 2002. Mike DeLuca, you, ghost ship, ghost boobies, a lot anyway. of a uh, lot of nefarious <laughs> drugs. Anyway, um, so so House on the Hill, directed by William Malone, who Connor, I don't know if you know this, was part of a movie we talked about when we did Angela Bassett, Stella herself. He was mm-hmm. supposed to direct Supernova. It got taken away from oh, him. Oh, right. And he got the script credit yeah. uh, for Supernova, which is the famous, I don't know if you know, but it's the famous crazy sci-fi drama bomb from 2000 starring Angela Bassett and James Spader that Francis Ford Coppola ended up coming coming in and re-editing, and it's a crazy yeah. debacle. That movie's insane. Um, yeah, that's anyway. never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, but William Malone, this is like the year before. William Malone also directed Fear.com a few la- a few years later with right. Stephen Doris. Yep. Uh, yep. Anyway, so they basically do the same bit, except there's the biggest change is, and I forgot about this. I totally forgot about this. That extended 10 to 15 minute opening where Lisa Loeb. Yes. And the guy from Angel. 
Or was James it Masters. James, yeah. James Masters. Masters. Spike, Spike was his name. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Spike. And from They're... both, he's Angel and Buffy. He's Thank you. Okay, he's in both. both. He's in both. Right? Of course, of course he's. Yeah. He's in the famous yeah. Dragon Ball Evolution. Uh, James We're not Marston, dragging yeah. James Marston here. Uh, <laughs> We're not doing it. Team no, Spippy. No. Yeah. No, that beautiful, that crazy blonde hair. The sign yes. of the times. He literally so looked there... like he stepped like right off the set too, because he looks like yeah, like Spike. Well, like in the, they were, like. I mean, they were still filming. That's right? what, it's 90, that's what I'm saying. They must have just like grabbed him and been like, "Hey, James." So this is cameraman role. Yeah. So so Lisa Loeb is still kind of in the middle of her, you know, you know. You, you say, say. <laughs> I only fun, you and I want. To. Now I just want to say, fun fact. Do you know who directed that f- iconic music video? No, I have no idea. Ethan Hawke. Stop. What? That I makes s- no sense. I swear to God. No, they 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 dated they dated for a period of time. I think closer to reality bites uh, time. Because I oh, think wow. Lisa, if I'm not mistaken, Lisa Loeb's music is in Reality Bites, and obviously Ethan. Oh you know, wow! I mean, let, lest we forget, Ethan Hawke, Troy Dyer from Reality Bites. I mean, no, that's a, that's a good poll, Lisa. I'm impressed. Like that's Reality <laughs> so, Bites, Ethan Hawke. Good that's like a you. good. Ethan. That's a good era to get. Yeah, it's a very yeah. gen, very gen X say. era. <laughs> um, so, okay, so then the whole point of the intro is you have uh, Jeffrey Rush playing yep. a millionaire mogul um, a, amusement park designer owner. His last name is Price, which is a direct nod to Vincent Price, obviously, who yep. played the same, similar role from the first movie, and. They're interviewing him. They're like an ENG crew, Lisa Loeb and James Marsters, and they're interviewing him about his new theme park and his new scary ride. Which fun and the fact whole... is the Incredible Hulk at Universal Orlando. Uh, I wow. did not yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real. I mean, obviously, real roller coaster because they didn't like you know build one for the movie. But yeah, I when they go a, and... a ride I have ridden, a ride I have ridden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You life. go, yeah. you go up, and they put you in this cannon. You the start of the roller coaster is you get shot out of a cannon. Yeah, anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, so so the whole point, the whole, and this is, look, I basically, by the end of House on Haunted Hill, in a way, I, I, I certainly enjoyed it. I, these are not movies, and I don't want to besmirch the name of Afro Horror here at all, but like, the, the, <laughs> I, I'm not a big horror guy, right? I'm, I'm a squeamish guy with that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so I was like brought back to being 12 and watching this and being scared rewatching it. But I do think in a lot of ways, this remake is a great, treaties on how to do it right and how to do it wrong and i think the opening is you get get into that bloated territory that happens with modern movies that are retelling old stories that that bother me a little bit where it's like what i like about the william castle movie is it's like just just throw us in the house and let's get going like right right and I always say this, Shard, I've said this before on this podcast. One of the reasons I like Spike Lee as a filmmaker is because his whole he make he can make long movies, but he has like he never has first acts in his movies. He's like, let's go. Movie starting, rock and roll. Yep. And I love that. And I wish more people did that. Anyway, so this whole 15-minute thing is like the thing about this guy is he makes he pretends things are broken and you get really scared because it's genuine horror, but it's all part of the plan, which okay, fine. That's obviously you know it's gonna come into the house. Then you have this, the best 1999 computer I've ever seen in my life, where he's sending out invites for his wife, Famke Jansen. Uh, she's having a party, I believe, for her birthday, and she wants it's her him birthday. To, yeah. yeah, she wants him to invite all of her friends, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna not do that. I'm gonna invite other people because, like, I'm a mean husband." And then you watch the computer 
get hacked and invite <laughs> random people. Yes. And then the next shot is basically the beginning of what is the original movie, which is all of the of these guests approaching this house. And then it's the same bit where they go in. There's like an initial chandelier falls or something like I think in the in, in, in the original it's a chandelier. It's a little different in the remake. In this, but, it's like a stained glass window that uh, yeah, it explodes. That, that Armante like, yeah dives onto Fomka Jansen to like saves save to save her. But you also have the best high anxiety Chris Kattan giving just the <laughs> best performance. Like I just want to get out of here. You guys hurry up. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. happy birthday. I did, <laughs> and I did. I did tweet this, and I stand by it. Whoever his agent was in 1999 deserves uh, an, another pat in the back. 22 years later, for getting Chris Kattan the end credit on this movie. God bless. Just <laughs> Chris Kattan yep. just right around Corker Romano SNL. He gets the end credit. There's a lot of powerful players in this movie anyway so the the premise of the movie is if you can survive the night and stay in this house locked inside this allegedly haunted house you can win a million dollars right that's mm-hmm. the whole bit and there's you have peter gallagher you got bridget yep. wilson sampras you got tay diggs yep you got which ali larder real, you got chris Kattan. go ahead no just real quick about bridget wilson sampras she just like couldn't find her way into a horror movie in like the mid to late 90s without finding it out alive because she pops up and i know what you did last summer as yep. well yeah as just the other blonde person that's in the movie and like well she's she, the sister she's the sister right she's <laughs> she is she sarah michelle oh, sarah like, michelle geller's yeah, sister yeah, yeah. put some respect on these people's names I guess, she's spoiler like, alert james, <laughs> james marster she's the sister yeah um, sorry no going. but but and she don't forget she also gets murdered by j-lo in the wedding planner which we all remember because <laughs> because murdered. J-Lo, that's not how that movie ended for me well well murdered in the sense of she loses matthew mcconaughey which is just a, I mean, no, a, no, j-lo convinces her to give up her marriage which is a, that's such a revisionist history way to say it no j-lo literally talks her out of her marriage like you're not, you're not really happy are you is that wait wait is that what happens in that movie no, I'm literally projecting. Oh but, my god! But it feels like it is. <laughs> it's, it, it, that, that's what it should be. But yeah. um, but so okay, so Bridget Wilson Sampras, and I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but but obviously Fomka Jansen and uh, Jeffrey Russ are also there. Yeah. And Peter Gallagher is in this. You said yes. That, right? yeah, 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 I yeah. did say that. Yes, yes. Eyebrows himself. Okay, good. And I thought he actually looked very. It was a different look for him. A good look, glasses. He feels right for the role. Yeah, if you're taking like I, I will say, uh, just maybe with the exception of Larder. Sorry, like everyone else actually feels pretty all right in this movie. Like if you're mm-hmm. gonna, if you're gonna, because I think in like the original, the cocksure dude who's not the Peter Gallagher character is. Uh, he's like an aviator or something and that but that's tay right and and in this he's a he's a baseball player so like yeah i don't know if you want a handsome cocksure dude tay good great like put him in there and then and i feel like the rush obviously as the steven or as the uh vincent price comp is good right that feels like it fits and all that and i will say i feel like he he and Catan weirdly might be the only two people who really get the assignment. Like, yeah. well, what do you, well, no. what do you, what do you think? What's Shirley? her what name? Do you think? Uh, is it Fomka? Fomka. Fomka. Yeah, yeah. No, she gets yeah, it. She gets it too. I think, no, no, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, but I think they're kind of the core three that, yeah. what, and I'm not, I'm not really putting the onus on any of the other actors. Cause it obviously might not entirely be their fault, but like, 
they're the, the only they're the three that like really stick in terms of like yeah they know exactly what they're doing and even when the movie takes the turns that it takes every step of their performances feels in step with like yeah. what the movie's doing well tay and ali kind of play like the straight men in this yeah everyone yeah. else is elevated around them. that's and that's fair because they're the lead character so typically the lead characters are the straight man and everyone yeah. else is a little crazy yeah so I, I get why that's happening but i do agree peter chris and Famica and jeffrey are oh gosh jeffrey rush i remember him from pirates of the caribbean <laughs> uh, now you just see you know his character in pirates walking around this what house. is the line what is the line that was in every trailer it's like you best start you reading get... ghost stories because yes! you're in one dude yes! come on yes! no yeah because i couldn't stop thinking about you're in one while watching this movie no but he he it's, it's a great performance it, it's a great his performance, performance in, it is. in this movie feels like it was like oh what if vincent price is allowed to like say fuck like that's gonna yeah. be me like yeah. you know what i mean like what and i think i think it's you know it it's it carries the movie to a degree. I guess do we want to get into spoilers? We may as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So the I think so. the big thing, well, I, I want to let me just ask before. So Shardy, you yeah. like this? You you like this movie? Like, what's your I do. what's your overall like? Just to give me your kind of a horror expert that you are. Give 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 us like the opinion. What's your thoughts on just this? With the original, like, what do you think? Just well, you know, it, it's going to be different. I'm, I think I'm around the same age as you guys. I'm turning 32 this year. This movie came out in um, 1999. So I was about nine years old. I didn't get to see it till I was a couple of years older. Again, grew up in a strict house. But um, I think for millennials my age, we have a nostalgia thing with the remakes of mm -hmm. some of the classic horrors. So I actually don't like comparing them to the older ones because mm. this is just my childhood when i think of movies like this and 13 ghosts and um the haunting you know with captain jada jones yeah, yeah, yeah. and that whole time period of just like horror being so visually just like a music video almost like like a lisa Loeb music videos is very stunning um even I, the psycho I such a fondness. yes even the yeah psycho you remake. had like you had you it's sorry i'm just it's striking me because like you're listing all these movies that literally like were the pinnacle of like 50s 60s like late 50s yeah. into 60s horror um that are all get they're like that's the well that hollywood is going to right they're like and yeah. then, yes yeah because yeah. during this time you also you know halloween h2o mm -hmm. and resurrection oh, are about to come out i so. love i i don't my boy my boy joshy hartnett my, yes. my my man in the faculty in h2o within a year which i love Ex yeah. oh my god which, and you did, an, you did an episode on h2o right you did on, on afro horror yeah, we did because, you know, LL Cool J, he um, has moonlighted in horror throughout his career, sure. you know, Deep Blue Sea. So we really wanted to give him flowers. But during this time as well, you know, the faculty, Deep you really Sea. owe it all to Scream. Scream was the reason why we had these like really like flushed out, like pretty horror movies. Mm -hmm. So it's such a precious air to me that I'm like, you can't talk shit about any of these films that came out <laughs> because it was like the golden day of horror for my generation. So I really like this movie. I like to rewatch it sometimes. And I love a good asylum movie where all the patients go crazy and kill everyone. I love well, that. that. And so, okay, that was, thank you for saying that because I was, I was saying earlier, you know, the best and the worst of what you can do with the reimagining these properties. And I, so the opening with the Lisa Loeb, you know, that whole opening, I was kind of like, oh, that feels bloated and unnecessary fun, even though it is fun in its yeah. own, like, thing i yeah. just don't i don't think you need it okay but the whole adding what is referenced and alluded to in the original to some degree yep 
in in reality and it feels like a mark romanek music video right yeah. where you're like yeah. it's like yeah. so i was like it feels like i got strong that, nine inch nails vibes well yeah what's what's Marilyn the name Manson. of Cl Close, what's, closer what's, is the closer yeah, yeah. Closer. i kept, th I kept yeah. thinking of closer when when so basically just for context and connor you were probably getting here but the in the 30s what they what they talk about is there was this crazy doctor with these quote-unquote progressive ideas which are obviously mm -hmm. regressive but like where he was basically torturing and killing his patients thinking right. it would help them and then the patients revolted yep and as a fail safe essentially because this doctor was insane the whole place burned down while everybody was getting horribly murdered and yeah. they show basically the beginnings of that and that's one of the best things they do with the remake because it really adds an element of like I don't even know what it like wraps the movie in a very unsettling kind yeah. of a thing. Well, it, it clues us in like we know the audience, yeah. but they don't know. So we exactly. are on the edge of our seats. Like, when are they going to figure out? Like, and, then, yeah. and this, the set pieces are great in this film because you have torture devices that yeah. are medical experiments and they're walking into these rooms. And uh, I really do love this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a, it's a timepiece. I was, I, it really brought me back watching it. I was like, I admittedly was kind of going back and forth only because and I agree with you on the 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 whole deal with the first act in because I think that's an addition right just whole even obviously outside of an, a modernization or whatever that's an addition it just it feels like, like it feels like a studio note yeah, to and me what it what like, I don't which like is okay is, just is they do that I feel like because they are assuming that you also are going into this having seen the original. And I think, and I think if this is just a personal point for me, I think if you're going to make a remake, obviously give credit where credit's due in terms of you remaking something and make your nods and do all that stuff, do all the fun, you know, in jokes or whatever, but like treat it as your own narrative. So like to, to put gigantic pieces of the story in there to, to then throw the audience off because the big breakdown right between the original and this one is that in this one the ghosts are a hundred percent real right yeah whereas yeah. the original it's like they're not like uh, i keep wanting because his name's steven something in this but it's steven it, price right and i keep on it so vincent mm -hmm. price in the original vincent right, price right is concocting this whole thing so it's you you have this kind of lie within a lie that also exists in the remake right but the whole thing is that's the twist, right? Like it ends yeah. and there never were ghosts. And then the very end of it is like, oh, maybe there are ghosts, right? So it's like kind well, of- Well, so yeah, and, and that's my favorite <gasps> my favorite performance in the original. And forgive me, I, I don't have it up, but the gentleman who He's is- He's a character the, actor. Who, yeah. who, who, who gives one of the best performances I've ever seen in The Killing as like the cuckolded husband. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, remember? yeah. At the, it's the best, I, it's like the best William Cat, like the best B-horror shit you've ever seen. At the end of the movie, he's like- like he's like i'm next and then and then you right <laughs> he like looks at the camera it's so great well and to I give do, your go ahead, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry i was gonna say too because i did um myself moonlight as a uh vp of acquisitions and development at a production company for a year so i might have i have a little insight about why we got the opening to this remake oh, oh please, please. Yeah. please oh wow yeah it, you're right it is a studio it's two different things so again thank you scream 
for coming out and giving us the horror teaser as you did because that opening scene from Scream is like a way to settle uh, in. You know, teasers are big in horror now, especially. They, yeah. They've always been, but Scream really set it off where like you didn't want to be late to the theater. So you wanted to make sure you caught the first 15 minutes. Um, but at the same time in this movie, say you are 10 minutes late to the theater. You didn't really miss the story. Yeah. So you're going to be fine. So I wow. feel like um, that's, that's interesting. the structural the, um, like studio note is we need a teaser to set the tone for the film, but we also need something to like offer some grace for people who may be stumbling into the theater huh. late as hmm. well. That's interesting. That's interesting. Wow. I mean, okay. that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Like to me, what it, what it felt like, even if it was a studio note or it wasn't, was a way for them to be like, hey, you've seen the original. You know the ghosts are maybe fake. Right. What we're yeah. going to do is we're going to double down on the fact that they're fake. And like you mentioned, yep. like the structure of the movie is like they're fake, they're fake, they're fake, they're fake. But then also you're like, oh, no, 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 wait, they're real. And then you're just yeah. waiting for the people who think they're fake to find out they're real. And there's definite yeah. like tension in that. I think it's just funny because it's I I do think you could straight up cut out like. Yeah. And e just every, drop this yeah, into yeah, the world. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I want to mention, Shardy, uh, just because you just brought it up, this is Insider Baseball, but we like going down this road. This is the debut film of Dark Castle Entertainment, right? Yes. Which right. then they, yeah. they go on to make, like we said, 13, 13 Ghosts and Ghost Ship. They, they Ghost make Ship. all three of them. Right. So mm -hmm. Gothica, that was kind of, right? That was like a Gothica. Gothica. Go yeah. Gothica, okay. is, yeah. Gothica is the fourth one. Which, I don't want to go down a Gothica rabbit hole. Got, got destroyed when it came out and like so good is not bad yeah. and like also bad. it's also the movie where robert downey jr met his wife and got clean come on guys that's <laughs> a nice story that. yes yeah, susan oh. susan downey produced gothica and they met on gothica and robert downey jr is obviously in oh. very, very much in gothica and and uh i believe that's matthew uh kazovich of la hate yeah directed that yep and that's like a joel silver joint yeah yes yeah. well there and then they do and then and then two years later we get early wame colette sarah house of wax another yep. underrated yeah. horror yeah. movie yeah yeah another 1960 remake yep. like pulling from that kind of that was kind of the movies. end right that was yeah. all five that was kind of they the were end blumhouse of before they were blumhouse yeah. yes yeah they were but, but they were but sorry, they were blumhouse but they were given the the budgets that were like 30 million though. It was exactly. different. They, <laughs> yeah, they weren't keeping it tight at all. But yeah, so I, uh, like, like you're saying, this is the entry to that way and you have to revamp yourself. And I always go back to scream in 1997, 1998, I want to say. I think we leave it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll fact check you. It's one yeah. of those, because that really reset the genre for horror where everyone was stepping up their game. Like we need this open teaser that people are going to talk about ghost ship as we all know yeah and right, right. We, we need to make it stylized and have it be fashionable but also these people are really cool like we want these characters or like uh, actually you're interested in them they're not just body counts you're not just setting them like yes they're yeah. gonna die but you're actually interested in the bridget character and the chris Catan character you like them personality wise yeah thank I, you scream yeah yeah no and i think i think using these kind, you know, those ensemble horror movies from the sixties, right? Like the haunting, like house on haunted mm -hmm. hill. I think those are movies that, you know, allow for that because they're ensemble movies, right? Because yep. it's only like five or six characters. So like everyone's allowed to kind of be somebody and have a little bit of moments. And what I think is kind of just contextually speaking, and I'd be curious to know how, how it kind of shook out in terms of the order of operations, but like, you know, in terms of the Tay of it all, right? 
he had talked he's talked about in interviews about how like you know you having to navigate the thing of like okay am i gonna be like the like the big lead in black movies and then pivot to being the black guy in white movies right yep and, mm-hmm. and having to navigate it that way and when you think about this in terms of coming a year right after his breakout in stella right yep like yeah, his first movie role, it, yeah. this feels like that move right him being well like, yeah and yeah, and we should yeah. so so part of our research encounter. I think I shared this with Van Lathan, who actually just won an Oscar, who's a great just podcast writer guy. He, you know, he he. Uh, I think it was a short film he won the Oscar for. Yeah, he um, a few years ago he had the Red Pill podcast, and then now he does a lot of work for The Ringer, among other things. Um, anyway, he had Tay on his podcast a few years ago, and Tay talked about that exact thing, which was mm. he breaks out in Stella. It's the wood. It's the best man. It's like they're all making money, but it's like $15 million movies, $40 million grosses. And it's that classic thing that like was a long kind of aggravating element of the Hollywood business, which is like, oh, they're black films. So it's Mm -hmm. like we're not going to put them. We're not going to spend any money overseas. And they're only for these like these parts of the country and, and all these things. So it's a very kind of almost. Purp- I'm not, it is a purposely contained like economy that that I feel like is a byproduct of, the, of all the Harlem Knights bullshit. If you remember that, where it's like Harlem Knights was a big hit, but then there's this whole like bullshit like, but there were fights in the movie theaters because of like there's just so much. No, there's so many things you can point saying, to. Yeah, you know. No, anyway, it, but, I'm glad he spoke on it because it is yeah. something to point out. This is I mean it happens to me at Afro Horror. A yeah. lot of people who aren't black are hesitant to listen to our podcast or join us on our community because they're like, oh well, I'm not black. I'm like, it's not just made for us. Like it's made by us, and we specifically focus on this genre. But it, it that doesn't mean you can't enjoy it either. Right. So. Yeah, which right. which is kind of this is the craziest thing to me, and this is part of the context I think in which Dan and the Van Lathan thing that you're referencing. Tay was speaking on this was actually yeah. as it pertains to people like Jordan Peele, right? Mm-hmm. Which is this sort of like beginning of a sea change of like, you know, literally crossing over whatever that quadrant of entertainment yeah. is, right? So I think it's funny that you even see that hesitancy with, say, your podcast, because I feel like Afro horror has been like a huge bridge from a yeah. money making standpoint in terms oh, of. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in terms of reaching white audiences and, well, and outside of what maybe kind of yeah these movies were generally restricted to. Yeah. No, and it's and so just to and so with the Tay element. So yeah, to your point, Connor, he basically talks about House on Haunted Hill. You could argue is his is like the like you said like a transitional. Okay, let me take this role because it's going to get to a wider audience, which it does. Yeah. And yeah. then. And then there's a weird and and, and th- th- this is kind of where you get into which he talks about honestly like you know he never gets without remorse starring Michael B Jordan right yeah. which which yeah. that's almost what he needed in 2001 yeah. and he was never going to get the never opportunity get to do Absolutely. Yeah. and it's an absolute shame because he is being he's a very smart guy I think Tay Diggs and he he you know Whatever you could read stuff he said, I'm, you can say he's put his foot in his mouth over the years with stuff he said. But I do think he's a thoughtful guy. I I don't really I I think he's a really thoughtful guy, and he says a lot of interesting things. He's very honest about like the decisions he's made over the years, 
And he was, he wanted that without remorse, right? You can tell, like, he yeah. made House on Haunted Hill because he wanted, and it didn't come. And he's in, like, the way of the gun, you know, and these other kind of, you know. Chicago, with the way, but not really in Chicago. Right, right. Chicago, like which, which is a lovely you know part Cameo. of chicago yeah. <laughs> but it's like he's like the chorus essentially and he's and in then, the dark the whole time yeah. so. and then and then he makes brown sugar which like we said yep. uh, brown sugar is a movie i adore but you know is a movie that is is you know it's not mainstream you, yeah that, you can say well it. That's, that's what they that's what the industry describes as mainstream it's typically it's not uh white audience right like, it, yeah. it does yeah, it yeah. does really well in this like contained box that they put yeah. in, like we're talking about and then and then basically he kind of returns to theater right tv comes into his life right like yep. one thing I, one thing i wrote down just kind of while watching is I kind of forgot that he's almost more of a TV star than a movie star. Like, yeah. like private practice, right? Um, Murder in the First went on for a few seasons, right? Will he, and Grace. I loved him on Will and Will Grace. and Grace. He he has a run on Allie McBeal, right? Yeah. He ha, he he's Kevin New Girl. Hill. Even recently, he was on New Girl. New Girl. I remember. I remember Kevin Hill was on UPN, which is a show I I really liked because I loved Tay and it was a good show, but it got canceled. But it was well reviewed. And then even more recently, Daybreak, which if you remember the whole bit with Daybreak was like, he's framed for murder, but the day yeah. starts again. He's got to figure <laughs> out who framed him. It's like crazy. But, but you know uh, what's interesting yeah, about this conversation we're having about Tay in this movie? A hundred percent, if he did not live in the end of this movie, he's not signing on to do this project. Yeah, hundred percent. defeat yeah. his purpose. It would defeat the whole purpose yeah. of him trying to cross over. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the ones, we haven't talked about this one on the podcast yet, but we're getting there, but he is one of the few black men during this time period that we saw actually make it to the end so it's kind well, of like yeah doesn't a deal. Cool, doesn't l cool j talk about duplicity doesn't he didn't he talk about yeah that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah same thing for him if i'm not making it to the end i'm not signing on exactly and they right. started saying that because it was getting ridiculous at this point in yeah. the first 10 15 minutes they were gone yeah, so. yeah. and it, and i'll tell yeah go ahead sorry no i was just gonna say and it like it is for a movie like this, right? That he and Ali Larder, I mean, do become the ostensible leads, right? Like maybe, mm -hmm. maybe not in billing or anything like that, but just like they're, you know, you're basically focusing on them for like half the movie. And it, what I do think is kind of interesting, I think before we move off of House on Haunted Hill is like, as it pertains particularly to the treatment of Tay in the movie, it feels almost knowing in that there are a couple moments where you're like, oh, did, like they play with basically your like racist stereotype where you're like, oh, this is the moment where he's going to eat it because he's got to eat it in like the first like 20 or 30 yeah. minutes. Right. And yeah. like, like there's a scene where he like fake jumps in the like pool of blood, like the yep. vat or whatever. And it's not really explained and you don't, but it's like this moment where you're like, oh yeah, I guess this is just where Tay goes. Right. And like, it's a thing where then he, he kind right. of, you know, he's he's put into this role where he gets to subvert that, which I think is like is huge. But it also begs the question, could he not have just survived on his own? Did he have to survive with Allie Larder, who herself has a lot of issues when it, I mean, she last year she got in a lot of trouble with one of her co-stars from Heroes pointing out some yeah not so great things that she right. has mentioned about being oh, attached okay. to black men right so it, while tay never would have signed on if he didn't live to the end i'm kind of disheartened that he couldn't just be the final boy and we had right. to yeah. also have ali larder survive as well well it also just makes i mean frankly 
in, in this incarnation of House on Haunted Hill, it makes less sense that she survives too because the whole the whole thing with Eddie Baker, who is Tay Diggs in the movie, who's this baseball player, and this is a it's revealed sillily, but I do like the I think idea it's kind behind of I think it's kind writing. of funny. I, I, yeah. the, <laughs> so would you find out at the end, and, and we'll move on to basic uh, after this, and we I, I assure you we'll spend less time on basic is <laughs> is um. But at the end of the movie, when they're literally running away from the house because the house has come alive and it's literally yeah. killing everybody. It's all is, the ghosts in one ghost ball orgy. Right, coming right. Which them. is like the most 1990 thing about that. Yeah. The, so the effects and Don Davis doing the score are the most 1990 which, thing. Which, yes. It's a good them. score, though. <laughs> it's an okay, it thinking, it's an okay I was score. About there. I think it's a pretty good score. Okay. But anyway, go on. And so Don Davis, you know, he did the score for The Matrix. It was like, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it is like 99. It's like Y2K as a yeah. score. And so um, anyway, what you find out is everybody who's been invited, the house invited, because they are all somehow related to the right. people who were in charge in some way of the hospital yep. that was mistreating all of the patients many, 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 many generations ago in the 30s. But, but, and, and presumably... Uh, Eddie Baker, Tay Diggs is one of them. And Tay says right at the end, but I was adopted. So yeah. it's like the house through Chris Kattan, who's a ghost, releases him as like, a, okay, you're cool. You're telling it so nicely. It, it, it's more ridiculous. He literally goes, I was adopted. And yeah, the ghost yeah. is kind of like, oh shit. And yeah. it just like floats away. Yeah, it is. It, but it's kind of like the Chris but, Kattan ghost being like, okay. But then it's what's yeah, weird yeah. is, and I guess the bit with Allie Larder is because she's not the woman. She pretended to be the woman, I guess is why she gets out of it. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah, you're right. I guess I didn't function. She was the assistant. Yeah. She's, yeah, the, she's assistant. the assistant who showed up for her boss so that the well, house like, knows that I yeah guess, but so. like wouldn't but she's That'd like still getting sentence. shit from the ghosts yeah she's like yeah. still getting shit from the ghosts the whole movie so like <laughs> i mean if there are clearly these omniscient ghosts that know how to use the internet or whatever right you know how to use the internet they they you know? can't fact yeah. check to make sure all your people are like blood related or yeah. like, i mean i don't know 99 maybe google wasn't up to snuff back then no I, this is a good <laughs> lesson for us all if i send out a dinner invitation do not take it and show up the assistant that's no i sent out a dinner invitation for a person so. also it's a weird it's a it's a ballsy thing to do to like like she doesn't know that they don't know who is coming Right, like yeah. So yeah. what happens it was more, if she shows like, up you, and they're like, "Who the fuck are you? Who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> to to your point, though, it was easier to do a '99. And let me quickly, yeah. uh, uh So Scream came out just for the for the world. It came out in '96. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, that's yeah, so right. Yeah, it kicks, right it kicks yeah. the whole Scream. thing off. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gosh, '96. Holy crap. '96. Um. All right. So that's house on haunted hill it does relatively well um like we said at the beginning of dark castle who strings out a bunch of these which i think have all aged as a whole well like you were saying Charday, just in the in the lexicon in the canon of horror film as a genre yeah this period of time i feel like it was underappreciated at the time and is now being kind of properly appreciated for kind of what it what yes, it led sir. us into which i think is nice okay so basic it's a movie <laughs> <laughs> and now look, I knew this before I chose it, but it's such a perfect B-side. I would be doing the theme of our podcast a disservice by not saying we had to cover it because it is there is not a more B-side movie than, than basic because, you know, our definition of a B-side is ever evolving. But I think 
you have a high profile action director, right? You have two crazy high profile stars reuniting mm-hmm. nine years after a genre and star defining collaboration in Pulp Fiction, which was a big deal when Basic was coming out. I mean, right? sort of reuniting. Well, like, no, but that's yeah. well, hang on, but no, yeah. no, no, but that's the, yeah. that's that's exactly one of the many reasons this movie I yeah. think didn't perform is because to watch an ad is to suggest that like they have scenes together and like spoiler alert they do not really, <laughs> um, but and so anyway this is basically a Rashomon esque script design in which. And I, I don't need to actually, Connor, why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, yeah. so basically yeah. it was directed by John McTiernan and written by James Vanderbilt, right? So like- Zodiac. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. So like good pedigree, right? Um, and it's basic, basically, well, um, it is essentially takes place in Panama in 1999. And during this live fire exercise in the jungle, there are these army rangers who are led by- uh, by Samuel L. Jackson, who one thing leads to another and a bunch of them wind up dead and only, you know, two people make it out alive. One of them's injured. Right. So it becomes this thing of like, what the hell happened? Right. Almost immediately you have, uh, is it Tim Daly? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have Tim Daly, who essentially is working with Connie Nielsen, who's like the yep. lead investigator on the base, basically that then they parlay in this uh, former army ranger turned D agent who's come under fire recently because he may or may not be corrupt, like he may or may not be on the take. So he's kind of in like hot water from sort of a, you know, I don't know, internal affairs position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but um, he's currently under investigation. It's John Travolta. He gets brought in by Tim Daly to kind mm-hmm. of lead this interrogation because he's some, you know, whiz at it, basically. And it becomes this sort of I, I, I'll say this. The elements of all of this movie are all things that I like. It's right? a great idea. Like, like it's a, even, it's a even great right, idea not for even, a movie. Yeah, not even just the idea, but like even just the put it like put all the things on paper of like all takes place in a night. It's like a storm. So everybody's inside and it's kind of oppressive because of that. And then you got just people who may or may not be on the level and you got these different people who are telling the truth, maybe not telling the truth. Everybody. I would I, I would bet you a thousand dollars if you call James Vanderbilt Vanderbilt and Blake, our, our friend Blake Howard probably has his number so yeah. let's ask Blake <laughs> if you call Vanderbilt and you're like yo send me the original the draft right submitted yeah. script yeah, for yeah, basic yeah, yeah. it's the best thing you've um, ever yeah, I bet you it's like amazing very yeah, fun probably it, yeah I, but basic basically it it's essentially John Travolta and Connie Nielsen playing detective uh, and working with. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi inter- oh. interrogating him, who he, yeah. he makes a choice. Oh, that's all I'll say. He just makes a choice. He's one of the people involved. He got injured. Well, yeah, him and him and Brian Van Holt. Yes, are the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Brian Van Holt was basically carrying Giovanni Ribisi on his back, like to get yeah. him out yeah. of this situation or whatever. And they're the only two left alive. And uh, our uh, our subject, Tay Diggs, he mm-hmm. is essentially, as of the start of the movie, dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And the way the movie unfolds, you don't even really know like who's dead or who's alive. And then as stories get told and retold by the same people, you know, you come to realize who didn't walk out of that jungle alive. One of them is obviously uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Tay Diggs 
was involved in that in some capacity, depending on the story you, you hear. And that's kind of the basic crux of it. Like you said, Dan, it's a Rashomon-esque thing of you keep hearing the same events told over and over and over again. Yeah. Sh yeah. Shot in different ways, told in different ways, performed in different ways, depending on who's telling the story. And all to say, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll get into spoilers, but because like you sort of have to with this movie because it's a big part of like why yeah. why it doesn't work. But um, all to kind of realize that the events that transpired, you know, it was all fake in some capacity. And what was actually happening was like a lie on top of a lie that's being perpetrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, by uh, John Travolta. Right. Just so, like in The Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> lies on top of lies. Just uh, layers on top of layers. Charlotte, <laughs> what, what did you think of this, uh, of John McTiernan's most recent work here? What do you think? <laughs> oh, what, now that you you said it so funnily, but the reason why he doesn't make any recent work is a really no, sad story. <laughs> it is sad. It's sad. I know. Yeah. Sad. Well, but, he, but he is, but he is out of, he's out of, is he he's free? Good. Yeah, he's, he's free out, now. He's out of jail. Hide your kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so can I? So let me let me let me say what I. You can yeah. you correct correct me here, but as I understand it, Mr. McTiernan, okay, mm -hmm. was a very paranoid person, um, mm -hmm. among the other things, and what basically happened was he was bugging. Yeah people against like without wire their knowledge. Tapping, not like annoying them. Yeah, not, not, like, not, not like, Sorry, yeah. yes, yes. Wiretapping. Wire yeah. yeah. Like many people without their knowledge in a very yeah. like Nixon-esque like yep. fury of I think, panic and paranoia. And he got caught, obviously, yeah. and got got the book thrown at him, you know, as he probably should have, and was in prison for a few years, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and I, th I think most specifically, because I, I think, the two charges that like put him in prison were his ex his, he was wiretapping his ex-wife ah, and yeah and 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 I, a business associate yeah I, right. yeah I was gonna say like I don't know if it was his business associate or or what but, but yeah but we right. should say uh, that aside which is a huge aside I mean the, he he was probably in some sort of director's deal I think even before that because he he had the Thirteenth Warrior, yeah. which yep. by its numbers is one of the biggest, just you know, one of the biggest money losers in the history of Hollywood, and then yeah, and then the Thomas Crown Affair, which it did okay and is a very good movie, good remake. Speaking of remakes, a good remake. But then immediately after Rollerball, and then this, yeah. which were both very kind of expensive misses. So he was kind of on the. On the wane, the as down it and were. down. Well, you they know. said they had, he had to liquidate all of his assets just to pay <sighs> for like the trial and stuff. Oh, so. no, it's kind of well. So, so he he is out of jail, and I, he he made a commercial for a video game somewhat recently that I think the films I think we even put up on the film stage because actually a really I mean not surprisingly a really well made little like yeah, movie. He's for, very talented. He, he's a great he's a great director. And to your point, Connor. I do not like the film Basic, directed by John McTiernan, but there are certainly <laughs> things within it where you go like, like you're saying, oh, well, that's clever. You know, you go the, like, oh, that's, I'll, oh, that's I'll fun. This, you the know, most, like the most frustrating, this is one of those movies that the most frustrating things about it aren't the things that are bad. It's the things that are good. You know what I mean? Where, well, like, no, exactly. Where, where, exactly. where like if, if, 
if the things that were good weren't as well, good. Well, Tay, and as, I'll say, I, Tay is Tay good. Tay is one of them. No, yeah, he's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a well, it's generally speaking, I think, you know, aside from maybe the Giovanni Ribisi's of it all, but like, oh my God. But, but like, but I'll say like Brian Van Holt and Tay Diggs, like in those flashback scenes playing different versions of the same character and stuff, like, yeah. Brian, Brian Van Holt's really good. They're, do, they're doing great work. And I would argue, actually, I think in those, Tay is doing the best work in that as, yeah. as yeah in, in the realm of the people who quote unquote did not make it back yes yeah yeah, yeah. tay who plays pike who is presented as victim and then villain and yep. then we don't know what else yeah he has the most to do he's doing the most he's doing it well he's got a great scene with brian van holt uh, he's got curious, a great scene with i'd be Sam curious Jackson. to know i was just gonna say i'd be curious to know because to your point like the script probably looked like a really attractive good interesting script right well and you know what i was trying to think about this travolta only two years before this or uh, a couple years before this had the general's daughter yeah yeah yeah. kind of which similar. <laughs> is a very yeah. similar thing yeah. and it did really well yeah and so if you're travolta and you're his people i feel like you go like hey man you and sam that's a home back run. again that's a home run <laughs> The guy who directed He's Die Hard. So miscast though. And it's like and that's the problem. Yeah. So what I was gonna say about this film, I, I heard I read somewhere that Vanderbilt actually had Tay in mind when he wrote it. So that also helps knowing yeah. that, you know, someone knows your cadence and your tone. So you're literally right. just like blowing. But this film had all of the benefits of doing well. The cast is actually sensational. We have Henry Connick Jr. and Rosalie Sanchez also oh, in it. I love yeah, so, Connick, yeah. um, and then the writer is there and the director is there. So when I see a movie like this fumble, I go, oh, that's because the studio had too much interference and because it had all the makings of being a great film. And it feels like, like a movie. I that, think that is, uh, to read about it, I think that is what Yeah, happened. no, I and it's, and it, I think you're 100% right, Sade, because like, it feels like even like the kind of movie that yeah. the minute somebody starts fucking with something that's already there, it all, all crumbles, right? Because yeah, it's like like a baby, a fragile baby. Yeah. Like you have to hold on to it. And as soon as you drop it, the baby, it's, it's dead. Just, that's a terrible yeah. analogy. No, it, well, but no, no. But it's like I mean, it's literally like a. You're, you're, as, let me tell. Wait, let me tell you something. I, someone who has an eight month old baby right now. <laughs> That is exactly true. When you're holding that thing, no, you're like, but like, holy shit. Imagine if, you, imagine if you like hit the wrong hair on the baby's head and the whole baby exploded. Like that's. <laughs> That, get off the metaphor. Get off this metaphor. That's, that's what basic is, though. It's like a, it's a yes. house of cards. That's, that's the metaphor. Thank you. That's what actually I was going for. <laughs> yeah, that something sorry. like a Jenga set. Like you yeah, pull yeah, out the yeah. wrong piece of yeah. Jenga and then it all topples. Yeah. But a baby popped in my mind. So. <laughs> but let me. But but Charlotte, you're so right about it, though. It's oh, so you have Tim Daly in his perfect, yep. handsome, swarmy, smarmy perfect role yeah like where you know he's a villain you just don't know how yeah which which tim tim daly is one of those great it's interesting like he never became a movie star but he is a good actor and i always think it's because there's like that little bit of slime it's not his fault right but it's resting bitch face yeah yeah whatever it is about him you go like you're like what's your deal man like what's up with you dude (laughs) and um connie nielsen who look the accent you throw that one out who cares but it's a great performance (laughs) she's having fun and then Travolta, but doesn't it feel like, wait, doesn't it feel like with Travolta, it's just like, it's just five years too late. You're just like, like mm-hmm. there's a scene where he's got the shirt off. You're like, no, no, John. <laughs> right. And like, and here's, no, the, no, here's no, the no, thing. no, John. Five years too late for John Travolta 
is a little bit more late than it would be for a lot of other leading men who I think still could have pulled this role off. Even people who were contemporaries. Of well, his, you and know it's also I mean? a like, shame because I think only like the year after this, and this isn't necessarily a very good movie, but Travolta makes that movie a love song for Bobby Long, which was like ignored mm-hmm. and isn't, I don't know that it's a great film, but he does almost what he should have done in this movie, which is he plays tired. He plays exhausted, which is like, He's hitting that age where it's like, you, I mean, look, you're playing a, a put upon guy who maybe has the charm, but maybe doesn't have the chops anymore. At least that's what he's selling. Right. Whatever. Do that. Like, do that. Don't don't make it all service level. And obviously, when we get to the end, maybe that's part of the deal, whatever. But like, it almost feels like there was a there was like too little nuance on that side of the street. It- in in this movie and maybe that got lost in the edit you know what i mean you don't know but like and nielsen is i feel like nielsen's it's just a weird it ends up that whole part of the movie is a weird alchemy but then there are like great moments like we're talking about in some of the parts with brian van horn interrogation where you're like oh this is filmed interestingly there there are kind of nice moments of motion the whole giovanni rabisi kind of confession scene as it were is very unsettling in a cool way i think which feels very yeah. mckiernan and but, but it just doesn't is not a great year for john travolta you know what yeah. uh, no, who yeah. had a great year in 2003 tay diggs because he also did malibu's most wanted this year <laughs> and well. wasn't it didn't he also do or was it was equilibrium the year before i think it was oh two yeah. was equilibrium uh, yeah not, not well, that that was a gr- some great achievement but uh no but, that but was, he also did chicago back then too like yeah. he's coming off he's of a doing great he's doing things yeah he's like <laughs> yeah and even if he's not the lead in things he seems to be making very smart leading man moves and yeah oh and you know what you know what we got to say because we're talking about it tay in equilibrium one of the best death scenes in the history of cinema <laughs> where he gets his yes i mean it really well, is like it also kind of works because he's so handsome because yes. you're like, what's the worst thing you could see happen to this very handsome man and it's like oh cut his face off and, yeah, and there yes. Oh, it's kind <laughs> of sad. Gone. Now I'm kind of sad thinking about it. Yeah, yeah I guess spo- I spoilers for, for Tadix. I remember I, I had but, a buddy in high school who got so mad at we like watched Equilibrium at like a sleepover or something. I don't know. And oh he gosh! Got, and he got so <laughs> mad. He got so mad at the movie because he was like this movie doesn't make any sense because they're not supposed to have emotions, but Tay Diggs is smiling like the whole time. <laughs> That's so funny. But that's his happy face. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know what's funny? Equilibrium ended up not doing well, has a cult following now. But yeah. talking about earlier with his like angling towards, you know, worldwide appeal and all that stuff, fighting against yeah. kind of all these biases, if you will, that is a great example of a of a strong attempt because sure. he's he's on the poster. With Christian Bale. Yeah. Their names yeah. are both on the poster. They're both on the poster. He's the villain. Christian Bale's the good guy, right? Like, it's a very kind of tit-for-tat movie. Great yeah. final scene. So you can tell, like, it, he is he's going for it in a way that the industry is not going to, you know, allow him. But he's taking every shot he can take, you no, know what I mean? that, which I think is cool. No, that's a great point, too, because it's you, you also have to think about where Christian Bale is at that point in time, too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had been around since he was a kid. But like as Christian Bale movie star, like kind of not he's really, in between. He's in between. He's, yeah, he's like yeah. not really in that yeah, much yeah. A different place than Tay is. So like if you're Tay's people, that's a great move because it's like, yeah, we're going to get you in this like. 
yeah. parody, right? On the same yeah, lane as yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, It's not like it's not like he's being paired with like some gigantic white dude that he's gonna get lost next to, right? Like, yeah, Bale was in Reign of Fire that same year, and then he only two years before, funny enough, was in the John Singleton Shaft, where he basically plays Donald Trump, right? He said oh, in interviews, right. yeah, he's like the racist New Yorker George Wade, I think his name is in that movie, and it's like I don't know if you guys know this, they cut the final fight scene out of shaft betwixt Christian Bale and Sam Jackson, because test audiences responded so favorably to, um, uh, Oh my God. What's his name? Jeffrey, uh, who played Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey, Wright. Thank you. Yeah. Jeffrey, Wright, Who plays peoples in that movie. Yeah. Mm. They, they, they reshot, they had back half of that movie to include more of people's because the audiences loved that character so much, which look shout out to Jeffrey Wright. Great actor. You know, so there I you love go. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. You know, on the anyway. topic of Tay and, and being in this movie basic, and even this couldn't even launch him really into like mainstream leading man territory. You may understand this. You may not, but I would be remiss if I didn't say that he, this, this industry is all about timing. I feel like his note to the Michael B. Jordan thing, had Tay just be emerging his career now, yeah. oh my God. he yeah. would be the leading man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it in my mind. It's, it's, it's unfortunate when you do have darker skinned black men who just, for some reason, don't cross over. Well, I know it's not some reason. I know why. It's because yeah. they don't <laughs> appeal handsomely yeah. to a lot of other people outside of black culture right. so no leading man has to be handsome right so yeah christian bale's gonna take off and and um but to his credit michael b jordan is where he's at now because of tay diggs and, sure. and people like him well so, and in that and in that yeah. podcast van lathan kind of alludes to that where he says he's like and and obviously he he doesn't act, he's not trying to like get tay with this question but he says like do right. you harbor any resentment in the in, in missing it essentially yeah he, he says in a nicer way but like and tay Diggs, who I, I feel like of course he's like no i mean it's amazing that this is happening you know black panther what have you i think that when they recorded it black panther was like right a, igniting, igniting the world right so yeah he's talking about that but to your point of course without tay Diggs. Without Omar Epps, right? Without yep. those movies, Morris which, Chestnut, which I was Morris saying, Chestnut, I was exactly. saying, to, yeah. I was saying to Connor, and I don't really know how this tracks because I'm just, I'm like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what, how to explain this, but like, I just love these movies. For me, growing up, all of those movies, and only kind of going back and looking at them and looking at Tay, that I realized this fully, like the Wood, the Brothers, the Best Man movies, yeah. um, Brown Sugar um love and basketball obviously yeah though all of those those were like incredibly formative movies for me movies that like i loved then and i go, I go back to now and i realize like were like really really important to me and i don't know i'm happy for that obviously just because that was like a whole like amazing subgenre that you know yeah like i remember going to see like when next friday came out yeah, which is a little different, but that's Ice Cube. That's Mike Epps. I remember like all about the Benjamins ordering that on pay per view because of yeah. Next Friday and just being like, <laughs> "Oh my God, they made another movie!" And like, and then you know, going seeing Friday after Next a few years later and being like, "Oh, that was okay, right?" But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but but anyway, the point is, Tay was among all those people mm -hmm. who really kind of, even if it was a contained economy, uh, you know, for for lack of a better kind of way to say it, like that 
that was how Michael B. Jordan and everybody else kind of was able to expand it. And it was too yeah. late, too late, but at it's least it late. happened. So it's good. And he but, peaked, yeah. I always think about that um, uh, with actresses as well, like who had to suffer through Harvey Weinstein. Like Ugh. it was just, it, it wasn't your timing. Had you been able to come yeah. out now, you would have yeah, and, and not been involved in that horrible monster. You like Ashley Judd, you would have been. Ashley to the Judd? levels. Mira, Mira yeah. Savino, for God. Mira Savino. All these I mean, careers that were just smothered. I mean, so. when you, when you Skiora, read about... Like, mm-hmm. Skiora, when, yeah. when you read about how literally, to some degree, like, Weinstein killed Mimic because of Servino, right? Yeah. But, you know, which it, just because he didn't, you know, because of, you know, she didn't uh, accept his passes and yeah. all these other things. Yeah, Selma like, Hayek, too. Buried. It's just, it's just an absolute travesty and and you have to you have to lament that and criticize and speak up on it but also at least find the hope in you know that is changing that it's changing which you know too is too little quick quick story i don't want to spend much time on because i know basic so riveting for us but um (laughs) you know it it wasn't until recently i had a friend who worked at marvel for 10 years and he was telling me about how his one executive just one executive that was like i have marvel rules no women uh in the leads as villains or superheroes and and no black people no people of color and then once they got rid of that guy that's when we got um, Captain Marvel. That's when we got Black Panther. That's why we got um, well, Hela as a yeah, villain and, and Thor Ragnarok. And well, it's just like, wow, uh, one person uh, well, was, it was controls per- all that. It's Perlmutter, right? Wasn't that the guy's yeah, name? He yeah, was like yeah. the crazy... Yeah, he's just this crazy, totally horrible dude. Horrible dude. And it took them years to... like, you know, Marvel always got crap like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't we including more yeah, things? It's because one person... Yeah, Feige was fighting with him for decades, basically decades, you know, to some degree, you know, and and there's a there's a million stories. Yeah, I mean, you said a lot of them, but like, oh yeah, it's it's horrible. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. And now you're seeing, you know, Eternals and Captain Marvel, and and you uh, um, uh, don't you guys feel like we're like two we're two days away from hearing about like Tay and some? I that's actually what I was alluding to that. You know, it, it's late, but it's here. And, and like you said, he's only 50. He's actually yeah. in a prime now. So I don't think yeah. it's too late for him. I would love to see Tay in the Marvel Universe. I would love it. Well, funny enough, in that same Van Lathan inter- uh, podcast, he mentions loving Blade. Now, obviously, we know Mahershala's now Mahershala now has Blade. So, yeah. but, but, and funny enough, a movie we didn't talk about, and I'm almost sad we didn't talk about it, is Dylan Dog Dead of Night, which, <laughs> which Tay Diggs is in. Yes. Starring, which is a comic book. I mean, brand. and frankly, a B, probably a B-side if ever C-side, D-side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brandon Ralph is, is Dylan Dog, yeah, uh, Superman <laughs> in his own right. Um, but anyway, I don't, look, basic... I mean, I guess we can spoil it. We, we almost yeah, the, don't need to the, spoil the, it. I the whole, mean, the whole thing I wanted to get around to with the spoilers and what we alluded to initially, Dan, is that like the movie is sold on the Travolta Sam Jackson yeah. at all yeah. and only capitalizes on it in the last three minutes of the movie because it is revealed that John Travolta is not some DEA investigator. He is, in fact, part of this shadowy group that gets alluded to halfway through the movie as like bad guys, but shadowy group called section eight. Cause they're crazy. Right. So section eight, anyway, um, <laughs> shadowy group that 
it turns out are actually seemingly, I mean, whatever, propaganda aside, we can talk about what good guys they are, but like, are the protagonists of this movie well in the world of john mctiernan they're great they're great guys exactly but (laughs) but basically they're this they're like you know they're um what's that fucking comic book movie um with uh with chris evans and uh the losers the losers oh oh yeah they're the losers it's like that it's like they're like like people who don't (laughs) exist right they're like an elite team of like you know, army ranger, navy seal type ghosts that are, but they, you know, have some beers and have a good time or whatever, right? And that's like and Tay, Tay, and Tay's part and of it. And Tay is part of it. And that's and the Tay's whole part of that's it. the yeah. whole reveal, right? Is that all of it was was done as a means to bring down it was a mole Tim, hunt. Tim, yeah, Tim Daly yeah. and Harry Connick Jr. And then they wind up kind of recruiting uh Connie Nielsen into it at the very end and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't it's such a it's so tonally out of step with the rest of the movie, and it feels I will say this this is why I not to contradict ourselves here or whatever I would I bet you it is part of the first draft because it oh does, no no the no no the ending is a hundred percent I would it, bet you what Vanderbilt was going yeah, was yeah, yeah. leading towards <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't make any sense how they get there in the version of the movie you yeah. are we're watching the, yeah. I yeah. think the version of this movie that like 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 okay here this is this is the example yeah okay in the theatrical version of this movie the whole thing with Pike okay yeah. who's Tay Diggs is there's a whole part of the movie this is like the linchpin of the whole movie where they mm-hmm. go like oh no no Harry Connick's like that's not Pike who referencing Brian Van Holt. He's like, yeah. Pike's black. And, and then you're like, and, 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 you're, <laughs> and, and it's meant to be like, what? But you're like, okay, you're telling me a military base yeah. is right. going to receive people and somehow not know <laughs> that that guy's Pike, the other guy's Pike. Like they know each other. People have photos. And they it's so 2003. It's like they so 1933. Off, they so know, offhandedly, like, they're like, Connie Nielsen's like, well, yeah, I guess he could have just after he died, just grabbed his dog tags and nobody would have been the wiser. And it's, it's like, like nobody, <laughs> nobody would have been the wiser. Nobody would have been the wiser. Yeah. I yeah, it's a whole, I don't know. It's a bridge too far. It it's is, a bridge too it far. It is. And I I think I, I appreciate the attempt. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean it's a it's a gentleman, it's a gentlemanly attempt for sure. That feels like something, and even Vanderbilt had said this about the movie. Um, and you know, you can watch old featurettes of it or whatever, but like and interviews and he had talked about how like part of the objective with the movie was he just he liked murder mysteries and he wanted to write a movie that had like a ton of twists right yeah and this movie and i understand the appeal of that i just do think weirdly kind of the the undoing of this movie is maybe maybe take like two of them away right like yeah because it just it even by the end when you do the final like or if you're going to keep your final twist right where you're going to maybe be like, oh, Travolta's a bad guy. And then it's like, no, he's a good guy. Right. Or whatever. Or a different good guy. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Like maybe you don't have to do the thing of confusing the black guy with the white guy, even though, like you said, I mean, you're on a military base. Everybody should know. Like it just. Yeah. It's just a weird yeah. it's it's and it just anyway. But the movie doesn't do incredibly well. Like we said, uh, McTiernan deals with his own things. I mean, then look. There is a ten-year gap between our our this movie and uh, Baggage Claim, which, frankly, mm-hmm. Tay is kind of a little bit in. He's very supporting in it. He's got a yeah. few scenes, um, but to kind of our point, okay, he 
in in the between the, the biggest theatrical thing that happens for him other than the best man holiday sequel which is the same year as baggage claim is rent right yeah. which which as as we're talking and you probably know this Tay's digs as an actor of any uh, 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 in any world his big breakout was playing benny the landlord in rent on broadway the original cast in 1996 yeah. um alongside adina menzel who would become his wife a few years later she plays maureen tango maureen great song obviously we you know we, 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 you know, 525,600 minutes, guys. Rent, come on. Can and I tell you um, a quick story about Rent, though? Because uh, I have some feelings please, about it. Sure. Please. I never, I've never seen Rent until last year in pandemic. I actually sat down. I actually watched like um, Die Hard for the first time. I watched Con Air for the first time. And then I got to watch Rent for the first time. I actually had nice. time to do it. And um, <laughs> I was watching it with a friend because he was so excited. He's a theater, theater kid. And he's like, I, you're going to love it. And I was like, I think I will too. No one told me they sing from start to finish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> La Boheme. It's, it's just La, it's La Boheme in New York in the 80s. That's what I is. was horrified and so upset. I was like, they're, so they're not going to take a break to talk? And he's like, nope. And I was so like, oh, no. Can, oh, I, no, no, can no. I ask you a question, Sade? <laughs> Yeah. How do you feel about musical theater in general as a genre? I like musicals, I, but I like it when they take a break and then yeah. burst yeah. out into song and then go back to their real life. I just, <laughs> the whole singing the whole time. I was like, no, 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 I can't no, do this. Look, I can't look, do this. I think I, it's funny you say that. So uh, my wife is has your same opinion, right? We we talked about this where where and Connor, you're somewhere in the middle, right? Where like I, I remember I, I visited yeah. Connor. Connor's my Connor, Connor's obviously my best friend. What I don't live in New York anymore. When I do, I usually stay with Connor and his lovely wife Brittany. One time I stayed there, we the three of us turned on TCM and West Side Story was starting. Yeah, it's one and of my me and Brittany. One of my wife's favorite and, movies. She loves it. And, right? yeah. and me and Brittany both were like. Fuck yeah, our nights decided. Grab the beer, West Side Story's on. And Connor's like, ugh. And me and Brittany so, were like, go on. You know, like West Side Story? Story? Here's, here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. I appreciate all of it. I appreciate all of it. <laughs> I kind of, what I, I it's interesting to hear your take on the genre because I kind of feel the opposite in that, oh. in that I, if you're going to, if you're going to like do a Hamilton or a rent or and I've never seen yeah. Hamilton and I, but they just, told me it was you know. three hours and they didn't stop singing. And I said, I'm never I mean, watching it. Right. I guess my thing is like, if it's, if, if singing is how you're going to communicate, if, if song and dance is how you're going to communicate the narrative to me, just cool. like ballet opera, I can do that. Right. I can absorb a story that way. What I, what bugs me and I've come around to enjoying things like West Side Story. I don't have. No, I know, I know, I know. I, yes, but, yes, yes. But <laughs> I will say the the hurdle I have to get over with stuff like that is the stop and start because it's like, wait, you were just talking to me. Like, so why are you saying now? You're now? like, are you yes. guys going to have your turf war fight or are you just going to sing about it? Like, do you <laughs> like like there's That's I, interesting. I think I've brought this up, but there's like a really great like from like, I don't know, the late 90s or 2000s Saturday Night Live sketch that makes fun of that in West Side Story where they're like it's like the Cobras and the Panthers. And one of them, I want to say it's Norm MacDonald, but I don't remember. It might be like Will Ferrell. But one of them who's like the you know, he's like the Tony. Right. Yeah. He's like <laughs> he's like, all right, let's go. And then they all start going like and he's like, what are you guys doing? Like, We're going to fight. We should fight. Like, why aren't we fighting? Um, and then every time he wants to actually start the fight, they like start snapping, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's great. time to sing. Anyway. I, 
You don't uh, but, think you need a break from that? No, no, like, no. I think it's a fair point. I think it's a totally but, but, fair point. But, but so hang on. What's funny about all of this is the only quote unquote thing close to a break you get in rent. Sade, I think you'd agree with me, is Tay, kind yes. of, because Tay comes in a supporting character. I believe more of a supporting character in the movie. I think he has more to do in the in the musical, I in believe. The, okay. But um, in the movie, he's not in a lot of the movie. But he's Benny, who kind of used to be more artistic and hang out with the crew and then went square and is a yep. landlord. Yeah. And he's the only piece of plot, really, other than sickness, obviously, but like in terms yeah. of actual, like, driving force plot in the musical he's saying to everybody else basically hey you have to pay your rent rent. or i will kick you out of alphabet city and they're all like we're dying of aids among other things this is a sad time It's not you funny. Know, it's just insert insert Team America. About, right. you know, insert yeah. Team America joke here. I don't here. want to hear your like falsetto to I'm dying of AIDS. Like, <laughs> now here's now here's here's the down. thing. The the rent movie, okay, is a controversial adaptation, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. For people who love theater. Mm-hmm. Chris Columbus directed the movie. It gets a lot of ridicule from theater people. Basically, mm-hmm. everybody from the original cast joined, I, except I think it's Rosario Dawson and Tracy Toms were not in the original cast, but I believe yes. everybody else, Jesse L. Martin, everybody else, I believe is in the original cast. Um, I, here's the thing. Me, seeing Rent as a, as a movie in the theater at the age I was at was kind oh, of a for, it was kind of a formative moment for me as a younger person getting into playwriting. Okay. So I do I do like the movie, though I get the criticisms of it. And I love Tay, like I said. So it was nice to see. I'm Tay. glad and, I watched it at home on the couch because I took breaks. I was like, well, yeah, I know they're not yeah. taking an intermission, but I need a break from, from I I, I love but here's but we're, it's funny, we're all coming at it from different points of view because I love musical <laughs> theater and I don't mind the singing forever. But like I said, like putting on Dis on Disney Plus Hamilton, right? My wife after 30 minutes was like, hey, so look, what's up with this? Not They're just gonna it. keep doing this or what's up? And it's like, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but I really want to see Hamilton, by the way, then I'm sure we'll get to the baggage claim, but I literally <laughs> my neighbor told me, yeah, it's about three hours and they, they don't they don't talk. And I said, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's wonderful. It's not for me. <laughs> Um, right, so right, I've right. never seen it. If I went to see it in person, I think I would enjoy that. But watching that at home, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I think no. keeping it lean is a big part of what you're talking about. I agree yes. with that in terms of like three hours. Know, yeah, because it's because that's because that to me almost leans even more into like my my thing of like slowing down the story where I'm like, okay, if you're going to stop and sing about stuff and then because you're doing that, this thing's going to turn into like two and a half hours or more. I yeah. ditch the songs. Just ditch I'm the out. songs yeah. and tell my I'm story. I'm just so out. Now, at, so baggage claim, it's a good actually opportunity to segue to quickly, because I know we wanted to bring up Stella really quickly, but yeah. baggage claim is a rom-com and it's a very straightforward rom-com. The basic gist, I'll just do, um, I'll just do, I mean, the, the, the premise is Paula Patton is a star. She plays a woman named Montana Moore. She's a flight attendant. She's got, Two uh, flight attendant friends played by Jill Scott uh, and Adam Brody, who is in a, in a very Rabisi-like way yeah. making some choices. Though, though mm-hmm. I think Brody does a better job. Not than Rab- Certainly not as offensive Rabisi. as it could have been. So Rabisi, we didn't even mention this, but in basic, Rabisi plays ultimately one of the villains, spoiler alert, and he's gay. And it's a very... 
it's one of those things you wouldn't do now where Rabisi and look, Rabisi's one of these actors who really goes for it. And you can get Boiler Room, which is a great performance, yeah. or you can get or Private basic. Ryan, which is great. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And he's just really, he's really digging into the voice, quote unquote. He's digging into a lot of other elements that are just not, they're kind of misplaced and borderline just, I mean, not borderline. They're just offensive in the sense of just kind of how he's doing it. Anyway, Adam Brody's doing halfway that. I think there's a self-awareness to it. I like Adam Brody in general. I think he's kind of smart about how he's deploying it in the movie. But anyway, him and Jill Scott are Paula Patton's friends. They all work on different shifts, flight attendants, whatever. And the whole bit is like, Paul, Montana Moore is going to turn 30 and she needs a man. And <laughs> what is she going to do? And her mom is overpowering about getting married. And her mom's been married five times. And the younger sister is getting married. And there's so much pressure. So she basically, with the help of her airport cronies, devises a plan to like run into a few exes that were like, a high watermark exes and they right. include Jimon Hunso, they include mm-hmm. Tay Diggs. Uh I think Boris uh is it Boris, Boris Ko- Koji. Koji, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boris Koji, I believe, is one of them. Yep. And then is th- I might be forgetting one of the exes, but Trey well, no, Trey Songs. Oh yeah, Trey Songs. No, it is yeah, Trey Songs. No, Trey yes, Songs. yes, yeah. Yes, Trey yes, Songs. Yes, yes. That's actually one of the funnier parts of the movie with uh with yeah, uh he's was a younger it, is it, one. Is it Tia Mari who shows up? Yeah, she's <laughs> it is. The, yeah, yeah, Tia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tia, Tia Mari Hardrick now. Yes. Yes, right, yes. that's right. Yes. And so that's the movie, right? That's the movie. And it's and it's a very breezy rom-com would be would be how to describe it. I I, I'm a big fan of Paula Patton. Um, I think she's kind of an underrated actress who kind of almost like we're talking about Charday, like started late, was a yes. model, became yep. like sparked quick. It was like Idlewild, working with Denzel and Deja Vu, movie yep. star. And now it's like, I don't know where she's at in her career. So right? it's on like, her, her level, because she could have been like the next Halle Berry, in my opinion. Like sure. she was right for leading lady. I think it was her marriage. And I that yeah. that starts trouble her divorce from robin thick oh sure and right. wanting to the custody battle with her kid i think she has fa- taken the choice to step back because okay of so it's like a that. choice okay it's a little okay. different yeah for yeah. her can i read you my favorite trivia that's on the imbd for this movie because it oh, cracks please. me up yeah, yeah. please do <laughs> it says in and you know trivia if you guys don't know it's people just add this thing i don't even know if it's vetted but it's hilarious oh yeah no no yeah in the movie montana and her co-workers help her find a guy on each flight she catches by having them and other airport, um, airport workers help to catch those flights to follow the guys. She needs to date. Uh, she needs a date for her sister's wedding, right? We got that. And then the person goes on to say, "In real life, this is called stalking, and you can get fired for doing it." <laughs> she also like leverages the airline, like not you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's not even just immediately well, her two friends. It's like they like yeah. work with the TSA guy and the ticket God check help her. Like, She's turning like, 30. Yeah. All oh, hands in. No. All hands in. And, <laughs> and I'd be curious to know when this movie was written versus when it got made, because like 2013, like Tinder was a thing. Well, this is a good segue to talk about the director slash writer, David E. Talbert. Well, yes. Who, who? Okay, so it's based on his own book. Yep. Okay, now here's the thing about David E. Talbert. To Talbert, sorry. Mm-hmm. He has directed two movies I really like. So yeah. I, 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 David E. Talbert directed Almost Christmas, which yep. is a super good Christmas movie. Yep. And 
He directed Jingle Jangle. Last, Jangle. Cast, year. last year. He directed Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle. Yeah, which is a Christmas which guru. Is, <laughs> which is a really nice musical. musical. I really enjoy <laughs> where, where people talk. They Shardy. take people, breaks. I know. I know. I saw it. I was like, thank God. They're taking it's breaks. Like, <laughs> it's like they jingle, but they also they jangle. jangle. Yeah, they, they jangle, also jangle quietly. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> so so David E. Talbert, I, I, I really like is the point. This one is not his strongest effort, I would say. But but I was maybe more than you guys i was basically generally charmed by it only because connor you bring it was the script written a long time ago it is like a 90s rom-com yeah where you where, where like a like a three to tango right where you go like well this is obviously not real life i mean this is insane like why would any of this it's ever heightened, but paula Patton is so damn charming so you you want her to, and, to find love on and the planes. We, we haven't even said anything about Derek Luke. Oh, yes. who's very also very charming in this movie. Antoine, yes. um, Antoine Fisher himself, guys. Yeah. Antoine Fisher himself. Yeah, I I basically yeah, I I was okay with this movie outside of the like you know, I don't know, the underlying nature of the conflict of the movie is a little tough to swallow, I think. Right. But like, but it's not too realistic. I know you asked Connor like, "Well, when was this movie written?" But I was on Twitter today, and all of these children are saying like, "Oh, Grandma, thirty year olds, how are you surviving?" And I'm like, "We're not that old." Yeah. yeah. Or like, just the other day, my my um the the maintenance guy from our apartment asked why I didn't have children yet, and he's like, "Well, don't you want to have oh them soon?" God. And I'm like, "I'm just thirty." And he's like, yeah, but you know, it's just oh time. So give me a minute. <laughs> and I Mike, suppose the, with the way the yeah. movie resolves, obviously the movie knows that all of this is bullshit. That's like the whole point. Yeah. Right, right, is, right, is her right. yeah. her character's journey, right? You know what? You know what's funny? You know what's a better whatever, a better but. version of this movie that came out more recently, I think at least, is Napoli Ever After with Nia Long. Yes, did you guys yes, see that? Yes, I did. It's kind of a Cuts similar hair. Yeah, it's a similar idea where it, I mean it's a I think it's a little bit more nuanced, obviously, but it's like I love Nia Long, first of all. Let's just say that. I love yes. Nia Long. And 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 it's based I think the she bit is also like just turned fifty. Yes. Yeah. Well, did I think Napoli Ever After is actually what's Nylathan, who was in Oh, is Brown it? sugar with Tay Diggs. Wait, hang on. I want to sure. say I want to say that was Sanaa Sanaa. also pops up in. Um... Oh my god, I'm horrible. You're right. It's Sana. Yeah, oh. I win. I win. God damn it. All right, <laughs> That's okay. but I also I also love Sana. It's the best man mistake. They're both in the best man. Okay. And she also <laughs> pops up in uh, in the wood at the very end. Yes, and she's in the wood. Yes. Yeah. But so in Napoli ever after Sana Lathan. Yes. The whole thing is her mother, who I think is Lynn Whitfield. Yes. Yes. She she's like Lynn Whitfield also is in Thin Line Between Love and Hate, which is a Martin. Lynn Whitfield movie. is awesome and Eve's by you as well. Eve's by you. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. god. We we did a we did a Cassie Lemons episode. Uh, ah, I love yeah. I love her. I love yeah. her so much. Um yes, I love her so much. That's all I can say about her. Um <laughs> but anyway, I, I, this isn't about Napoli ever, but the point is it's 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 that similar idea of like overbearing mother, right? And then this thing of a yeah. woman who's kind of coming into rage, realizing that she doesn't need to adhere to these kind of like superficial standards that have been placed on her by like other generations, what have you. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's just, this is a lighter version of that. And I, and I, I basically like the Tay Diggs. It's, a, it's kind of funny. He plays like a Republican politician running mm-hmm. for office. Can I tell you one of my mm-hmm. favorite jokes in the movie is him when he went at the end, when she makes the comment of like, 
look, I'm sorry. I just don't trust yes, a black yes. man who's a Republican. And he turns to her mom and he goes, well, I'm a libertarian. Libertarian. Yeah. Which, is libertarian. Like, which is the most fucking libertarian thing a yes. libertarian could say. Like, yes. Oh, God. I, I'm i the middle man. I'm the middle man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the legit cackled. That? But I would, I would argue one of the kind of better, interesting scenes in the movie is when he... He basically invites Paul Patton when she quote unquote runs into him to a a fundraising dinner in which he's got a schmooze with Ned Beatty. And they have this <laughs> yeah. very awkward dinner where like Beatty's like, oh, but it's so great. You for your people, what you're doing for your people, you can help your people. And Tay is like, well, when you if you mean the the constituents of my district, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. And yes, like the, the thing of Tay Diggs giving Ned Beatty like every opportunity to be like, just like corrected a little bit, like yeah, just yeah, like yeah. you know, and like Ned Beatty just being this oblivious, you know, seventy year old white dude, like, no, no, you're people, black people, like this whole thing, and then Paula <laughs> Patton jumping in with this, like, kind of you know compromised you know meeting in the middle joke like yeah. making and and it's like it offends Tay Diggs but you know it's it's a funny edgy scene in a movie that otherwise doesn't have a lot of it and I was kind of like oh that's kind of an interesting well, and as, scene I like that yeah, yeah no no and for I mean for the whatever for the you know total 10 to 15 minutes of screen time that he has in the movie or whatever, yeah 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 adds a weird bit of nuance that I don't think I was expecting from his character. Like, cause right. you the minute you meet him before they go to the dinner, right? Like right. with the way he is with his dog and even the way, like the minute he's like, Oh, yeah. I had my assistant pick out something for you to wear. Yes. The, like the very minute, misogynistic. Yeah. You just, you know, exactly like the trophy wife situation. He's like, looking or, for, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you like, know, you're like, Oh, bad news. Right. And then weirdly in that moment with Beatty, you're like, oh, like you kind of like he's like, right. he's trying of, to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this weird to you kind of feel for him a, a yeah, little. He's in trying a way. to survive yeah. and, and make a change and he has to play the game. Yeah, and it's annoying. It's, it, it is weirdly this like very fascinating, complex scene tucked in. What's interesting like, about his character in Langston in here, it kind of reminds me of his character in Malibu's Most Wanted, but not the... The, not the gangster part he's pretending, but the actor who's this yes. like high-profile thespian who's just like, yeah. I just want to make sure I'm getting the ethos of this, <laughs> right? And that's actually what Tay does very well, and it may be, it's his strength, but it also is also a detriment. He reminds me of Michael Pena. So Michael mm. Pena has been cursed his entire career to play Mexican gangsters, and I'm right. just like, thank God for Ant-Man, because I'm like, he can do so much more. He's so much better so than true. you guys are letting him be. Yeah. I feel like Tay has suffered from, unfortunately, a stereotype that if you are dark-skinned, handsome, black man you have to be kind of either the michael b jordan type or like a villainish type and he kind of falls in this he even quotes himself saying i'm a nerd i'm a theater kid there's really no space for a black dude like me in there but that's why he does those roles so well and that's why yeah. he's the only one you can call when you have a role like this like who's gonna it's a good play point. this role it's Tay a great, it's a great point, actually. <laughs> well, and look, and look, Tay, I mean, we, you know, we haven't focused on the theater because obviously that's not what this podcast is about. But like, you know, Tay, and I'll link to this article in uh, this New York Times article in the article, but um, he played Hedwig in Hedwig yes. in the Andrew Inch, which was a big deal a few years ago. Obviously, we talked about Rent. He was with Adina in a few other plays. Kinky Boots. He, yeah, Kiki Boots, he, he mm -hmm. guested on Wicked uh, yep. for Norbert Leo Butts a few times, where yep. obviously Adina Menzel is in that, as as we all know. And um, and look, Tay Talks, honestly, she, it's a complicated ground, right? Like, Tay Diggs has talked about 
that that weird space of where he is in terms yeah. of like he married a white woman right yeah. like what does that do for his kind of black fan base and what does right. that project and all these things that there's a lot of complicated elements to it and i think he, like i was saying earlier i think he talks about it in a way that is true to his feelings Exper- but yeah it's his, his feelings yeah and and he's written he's written children's books that i think are about uh kind of in reference to, to his son being mixed race and kind of all yeah. of that and like i think i just like i guess my point is i like that he's his acknowledgement of that whole element is a nice kind of bit of honesty but 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 i to your point Charday, like he occupies this weird space in the mm-hmm. culture of like playing exactly this role you're totally yep. right thinking about baggage claim who else i don't even who know yeah. who would play, play this well, role? what other yeah. actor you're gonna get yeah. even i don't know even watching like has he because even if you look at brown sugar right or yeah. the wood and and even stella like from jump yep. right has yep. he i mean i'm i i'm sure there are examples i'm just saying generally speaking he basically plays characters that like are maybe not on the level like exactly that's, that's yeah. like his thing right like and maybe they mm-hmm. are maybe they aren't that's like part of the conflict with stella which like we ironically like when the truth came out about like the real marriage behind that movie like, right, that, that right wasn't exactly the most forthcoming right. this whole thing but like it it's a weird thing that he because it, it's weird to watch these movies right like or even the wood where the whole thing is he's a dude who's about to get married and he got cold feet. Yeah. 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 And it's kind yeah. of dealing with that. Right. But so it seems like he's the kind of guy who's like, maybe he's a piece of shit, but he also seems like he has a good heart or whatever. Like a goober. He's yeah. Like a yes. Goober energy. Yes. That's a, yes. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, exactly. it's him and it's, it's him and it's Sean Patrick Thomas. Yeah. And th- that's really who I think of in yeah. terms of occupying that space. Of yeah. Like you're kind of a dick, but you're also just a goober. Like yeah. nerd guy who doesn't well, know how right, to do anything. Because Derek Luke, who's a little younger, admittedly, is like too earnest, right? Yeah, like, which is why in, in this movie he's the earnest dude, right? Like he's yeah. just the good, nice guy. Well, whose name whose name is literally Mister Right, right? Which yes, oh, Mister Right with the W, you know, with the w. <laughs> not on the nose too much. But, but you know, uh, on this conversation, it, it, the, you know, the gaps that we're talking about ten years after, because he did basic and then he did do a lot of TV in between this. Again, he went on Will and Grace, which is one of my favorite cameos by him on a tv show but there is a real thing in black culture and it's a lose-lose situation that him and people like Ty, uh, jordan peele suffer from you yeah. have to kind of dip your toe black into these the quote-unquote black market um or it feels like you've abandoned us and you went mainstream and you sell out sure, right sure, but also sure. you want to elevate your career and unfortunately up until that time at least in this time as well which is this 2013 yeah, yeah. this time as well um a movie like baggage claim if it was starring a kate hudson yeah, it yeah. probably would have done across the globe really well, but it's not starring a Kate Hudson. It's starring a right. Paula Patton. So right. you do have to dip your toe back in with us, your culture, so you don't, you know, so you didn't forget us, but then you also are looking for your next big project. But that's not, you know, films like this, unfortunately, it has to be said, aren't going to get you your next big product, you know? Right. So yeah. Yeah. he's and, a lose well, situation. And, 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 and he and, talks and, about that on the that Van Lathan <laughs> interview that we keep referencing. Like, he just talks yeah. about, like, the... He's like, you know, everybody wants to be famous, but like for people like us in terms of talking with Van Latham, he's like, for guys like us, like, you know, at the end of the day, what we really want to be is white famous. Right. Yeah. And like and 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 not really like, unfortunately, because the business is racist. Right. Like there's uh, for some reason 
only yeah. room for like a Will Smith and a Denzel Washington and no, yes. and, and like, and, and, and maybe one or two like funny black guys. And like, that's it. Right. That's right, it. Right. It's the same. It's worse with women. Yeah. My God. Yeah. It's like, you have to be a Halle Berry, a Paula Patton type, a Tessa Thompson type, a Zoe Saldana type, mm. or you will not be getting that level of A-list stardom that you want. And, and you have to look just like those women. First of all, if you don't look like those women, God help you. Well, um, any, thank God, any, uh, you know, Viola Davis. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. one of the right. few. Well, but he, and even if you're and even if you're Zoe Saldana and you're in like two of or three of the biggest franchises ever, you make right. one Colombiana and people are like, oh well, okay, she can't. I mean, okay, it's not going to perform. And you're like, that is ridiculous, absolutely yeah. ridiculous. But- or they don't even recognize, you know, Zoe Saldana and Tessa Thompson. They're Afro Latina, and so am I. So I always think it's really funny that no one ever paints them to be like, hey, you guys know they're the, they're some of the highest paid black actresses, but also Latina actresses sure, that we've sure. ever had. Yeah. No one ever says that to them, like. Right. It doesn't happen. They're just like, oh, my God, congratulations, Zoe Saldana, for being in all these franchises. And I'm like, but it's a really big step. She's the first um, yeah, of yeah. two cultures to actually have this role. Like, she's so an true. anomaly. Yeah. No, Good I mean, her. and that's just, I mean, she's a great example of what exactly we're talking about, where you just kind of go like, you know, the op- it's, it's that thing of you even get there you know because she's in these huge franchises but even yeah. the next thing is harder right to yeah is she sustain. gonna lead a rom-com is she you know she's right. being an alien in half of these franchises can like the yeah. test is right, can right, she right. lead a movie not in alien prosthetics right. that, yeah. actually it's not yeah. even can it's like will you let her lead a movie <laughs> right like, yeah, I know she will can. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, obviously like, she can but it's will obviously you let her. she right. can but right. will you right. let her and right. i feel bad for jordan because you know Get Out and Us is great. The And he's got projects in him. The one time he veers away from doing a Black-centered, if he does, he's been very clear that he doesn't want to. But if he does one time, he's going to get shit for it. And he's married to a white woman. So, right, he, you right, know, it's right. a lose-lose situation for, yeah. for him as well. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it just reveals all of the kind of uh, just biased elements that are... Look, as we're talking about, there is... There is progress and you have to be optimistic about that, but it doesn't take away from, you know, the, the very clear roadblocks that are so difficult. So it's just, I mean, look, think about even going further back, right? Somebody like Andre Brower, right? Who who is just one of our great actors who, you know, was in stuff like Homicide and has been around forever. But like the fact that he didn't become, you know, it took this long for something like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, for example, Right. And it's is, also is, who is it? It's frustrating. Who, you know? who plays um, Black Panther's mom? I've got to find. Oh, Bass. Angela Bassett. Bassett. Oh my God, yeah. Angela Bassett, who should have been a leading yeah. lady years yeah. ago. Well, and we and, and we we <laughs> did we did her. So we did her B sides. Uh, uh, we were referencing Supernova earlier, which yes, she, which she's in, and and yeah, I mean, and she talks honestly about this as well. Where you know, she. In the early 90s, she was had bit parts and whatnot. She gets the Oscar nom for What's Love Got to Do With It, yep. obviously, which was a big moment, her and Larry Fishburne. And then it's like she's in Strange Days, which yep. is kind of her pivot point. And James she's so Cara. good in that movie. Kath- she fucking yeah. rules in Strange yeah, Days. Yeah, she's, you know, it was a huge flop, but it's a great performance by her. Uh, she plays Mace. She's like the standout in the movie. And then, you know, she's in Waiting to Exhale. She's yep. in Stella. They're both yep. modest hits. But real hits, Terry McMillan adapt- adaptations, like we like we mentioned, and and then her career kind of stalls, mm-hmm. and she's very honest about the limitations of that progress because of all of the elements we're talking about, which take Tay Diggs, 
roadblocks like you were saying Charday, and then times them by however many you want to and it's not, you know being a black man and now being a black woman where there's yeah, this additional element of age and you know everything else yep. that comes with it and so and that's why i reference with paul patton her starting late as an actor for a woman unfortunately is like an actual detriment yeah because yeah. it's like you well, know yeah. hopefully that doesn't continue even the people from like like you think about you know 91 like boys in the hood like early john singleton like yeah that i mean a lot of the actors we're talking about right that that are in all of these movies right like come from that kind of like graduating class if you will of, yeah of, yeah of, actors, of course right? and even only now are we only seeing now. are we regina seeing king, like the regina right. king and taraji p henson's of the world like finally yep. become like movie stars and right? they all, like, and that's and that's really key they all have really great television careers yeah, right like they yeah. have long and television what, careers what i not think movies. what i think is interesting though is yeah you have some of those women have managed to like buckle down and like barrel through it which is awesome yeah and then you have like the like you have the omar epps and the Tay Diggs of the world who like, and even more, more chestnut yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like, even chestnut. Who, who they just, you know, they pivot to TV and are very successful yep. in it and kind of just stay there. And frankly, even some of the directors, right? Like you have like, uh, Rick from right. Who you mentioned, Dan, and yeah. uh and uh who, who was i thinking of the other day well uh, singleton carl, we, like, we talked yeah carl carl, carl franklin's franklin. another one of them like dudes who were fucking making bangers of movies yeah and yeah. then kind of and i don't want to speak to anybody's motives i don't know why they i mean Fumi was making like mandalorian episodes now and like good for him yeah, right? yeah. so like it, it could be exactly what he wanted with his career who knows it's but it usually the one person, one exec in a suit that is just yeah. like putting these roadblocks up. And the biggest lie that, you know, we've been told as a community, I think about it myself as a writer too. Thank God I've had Casey Lemons. That's why I love her. She had to go through all that crap, mm-hmm. you know, so I can actually work. Like, right. And I, right. I'm in my, I'm 31 and Casey's just got nominated for her uh, first Oscar, I believe for Harriet last year, yeah. you know, and she's, she's, I don't know well, what name her age, but she's up there. And and her husband, Vonty Curtis Hall, yeah, is an amazing director. He directed um Gridlocked yeah, with T- yeah. Tupac and Tim Roth, which is an amazingly underrated movie. We talked about a little bit on uh, you know, and he freaking makes glitter, which gets yep. you know, which gets look, say what you want Pans. about glitter, but <laughs> it gets panned, but it gets totally bastardized by the studio. It gets yes, it gets it, it gets it gets released two days after 9-11 which yep. you know you can't control okay sabotage <laughs> and it's like he gets and he gets shoved into director jail and like he's had a great career he was on daredevil he still directs stuff but it's like right. it's an absolute aggravation that's an amazing talent like him you know married to an amazing talented person like cassie yeah. lemons are both in different ways you know just fighting forever and like the harriet thing and you know cassie lemons talked about that like the fact that it took that long for a Harriet biopic to get made, Harry Tubman Tub, Tub biopic to get made. And then I, we talked about this a little bit on the Cassie Lemons episode. Kind of, I, I, it's not a perfect movie, but like kind of get ignored in a way that did frustrate me where it's like, mm-hmm. it got nominations. It's not a perfect movie. Fine. But like, some of the most beautiful photography you'll ever see mm-hmm, by John mm-hmm. Toll. Yeah. John Toll, arguably the greatest yeah. living cinematographer, right? And like an amazing score. Um, um, uh, and it's and it's just like I just get frustrated sometimes because I'm like, 
I don't know. I'm like, it should have got a little bit more credit, but anyway, I'm now I'm no, going no, off no. on a tangent. No, but I know what you get you're what saying. I mean. You get what I mean. It go- yeah. yeah, it goes back to my point of the lie that we were sold in this industry that I'm technically still being sold, but on a different front. It's more sort of right. comedies. Is that doesn't sell overseas. Black people don't sell overseas. That people in right. China don't want to watch black people. That people in Italy don't want to watch black people. And yeah. then Black Panther comes out and it smashes all of that. And yeah. you're like, this is this is yeah, the so lie you the told us yeah, like, for yeah, years. Like what's, what's the new excuse that you're gonna? What's come the up excuse other, other than yeah. just being transparent about like just saying oh because racism like just yeah, yeah. We, didn't, yeah. we didn't want to spend the money we yeah. didn't we didn't we, we didn't believe the money. it we're yeah. marketing now the lie that they tell me is because I, I I am a horror writer essentially but I I would love to do action comedies but now it's like ah, comedies don't sell overseas yeah they don't tough. do very well and I'm like I think they could. Now, <laughs> now can i can i let me let me use this as a as a segue to our final film as we kind of come to the end here which yes i had this thought and maybe you'll agree with maybe with one so till death do us part um yes. thriller tape produces it um he's in it um obviously uh the but the second half it's like we mentioned earlier it's a lot like the Joseph Rubin movie Sleeping with the Enemy, which starred Julia Roberts from I want to say ninety ninety or ninety one. Yeah. And if you've seen 91. that movie, I I think we'd covered it in our Julia B sides. Um, Connor, um, we we've never done a Julia B side, have we not? No. Oh my we god! Probably right. Julia, Julia, Julia Roberts. Yeah, we've. Never I don't think we've done a Julia B side. Please bring please bring me back. I oh, love her. Your book. Your book. Yes. Consider, I, yeah. She is my icon. She's the reason I'm even in this industry. Her and Angelina Jolie, I love them But hang together. on, <laughs> if we do it, we have to talk about Mary Riley, which is her, that's, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's uh, fine. I'll cr- talk about anything with Julia Roberts. <laughs> like anything, so, I want to see it. I want to watch it. I've never so, seen that one. Well, you're, well, consider yourself in. So, so, so Julia uh, made Sleeping with the Enemy. It was a surprise hit. It was kind of the beginning mm-hmm. of her. We, I know we've talked about this at least, Connor, where the thing about Julia Roberts is she, um, she breaks out Mystic Pizza. She's great in, is it Fried Green Tomatoes? Or is it, Sw- no, Steel Magnolias, sorry. Steel Magnolias, yeah. yeah, yeah like, thank I you, thank you. Yeah, I, always, I, I always, I always yeah. do that with those two titles. And then, and then, and then it's like Flatliners, Pretty Woman, Pretty Woman. and um, Sleeping with the Enemy. And it's yeah. like, she is, uh, she's a giant, right? God, it's I like love her. With, within the space of three years, it's unbelievable. She, you know, she goes Runaway Bride in real life. Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sullivan, amazing. Lyle Lovett, two years later, the whole nice. thing. Yes. Anyway, so this movie, Till Death Do You Part, this this is now what twenty over twenty five years later. It's it's a yeah. it's the same structure, which is basically that you have a young bride who's married to uh, Stephen Bishop is his name, yeah. I believe. Connor, make sure I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up. Uh, I'm yeah, Stephen it. Bishop is Michael Rowland. Yes, but yes. So Stephen Stephen Bishop, Bishop yeah. who um, is a character actor who you uh, you mm-hmm. maybe know he plays David Justice in Moneyball, Battleship. Um, Annie Alonze is he's Madison so Rowan, good in Moneyball. Who's the, who's the mm-hmm. lead? Oh, he's great in it. Yeah, yeah. it's a great performance. Um, uh, yeah, Annie Alonze is the lead in this movie, Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, they get married. He seems great, and then very early on, he's abusive, right? And and I got to tell you guys, tale has all this time. I know. I got to tell you guys. I really. I texted Connor. I I really had trouble finishing this movie because. That specific type of evil, like spousal abuse, and and she's also pregnant, which is like a whole other thing. 
It's like hard. I like had trouble watching. I literally like every time. No, but this isn't the first. I mean, um, sleeping with the enemy. Yes, but this is a a very heavily used trope in black cinema. Mm. the the one that came out before this, I it starred the guy with the the black guy with the really nice blue eyes from Grey's Anatomy. Michael Ely. I, yes, Michael, Michael Ely. Yeah, Ely. Yeah. yeah, he's in one. He's in is one it, version. Is it, it's like Perfect Match or something. Yeah, I the believe. Perfect Man. Perfect Man. It's the Perfect, perfect man. man. That's that's done. Um, and then there's a few others I can't name, but this is a trope that for some reason black audiences really well, really love. But can I tell you something? I just. We're, we're a million tangents. I love it. Michael Ely, we talk about a lot in this podcast, actually, because mm-hmm. he's a great example of an incredibly bankable movie star yeah. who has not ever been given nope. that opportunity to pivot other than on TV. And yeah. it's really frustrating, even from like even from just a business standpoint, because when you talk about his movies, his, his movies are usually hits. And yeah. he's a very It is bankable, handsome as hell. He's, oh like, my God, he's, he's like a perfectly assembled human. Yeah. Like, well, well, look, so look, hey, look we're, so, we're talking about Teddy. Yeah. So let's not. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Let's not. Let's but, not no, no, no. But it's, it's worth bringing up because it's a similar <laughs> argument where it's like, yeah, yeah. like. Again, no, I, just, I don't want to yeah. offend Tay. No, no, we don't offend you know, Tay. You know, no, presuming Michael. We dig, we dig, we dig, we dig Tay. We dig Tay. We didn't yeah, even. We we, we've gotten all the way, basically, almost all the way through without saying what his real name is. By the way. Oh yeah, I mean, so oh, basically, yeah. in that article about uh, Hedwig, they bring up how, um, so his his birth name is Scott Barry. And Diggs is his stepfather's name. So that's why he has Diggs. And Tay comes from people calling him Scott Tay. Right. So mm. Tay and then Diggs. And it's just interesting. That article, I never knew that. I mean, and I will say so cool. from a from a movie star name thing, I mean, Tay Diggs plays way better than Scott. Great name. Like, Tay yeah. Diggs is a great name. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's a good choice. This movie has a sordid history, though. I don't know how familiar you are with the writing and director. Okay, oh, tell us. Please. We're here. We were, we yeah, were no, positive. Okay. This, so. Dan and I were like texting back and forth about the writing credits on this movie specifically. Yes. So Marcus Houston is credited as the writer, and he is from a little known band uh, called B2K, a little boy yeah. band from years ago. <laughs> Not little known. They were huge, actually. Yeah. That was one of the first times in my generation. Like, I know there's uh, New Edition and all of, and, and Temptations, everything like that. But this for, like, a pop boy band group during the time when it was NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, V2K being a black pop boy band group was a big deal. Because they, mm. they, they crossed, you know, yeah, the yeah, mainstream right. line. Yes, they did. White yes, girls they did. loved them, too. So that was a big deal. And they were, honestly, I think they were the last all-black boy band to do that. That's crazy. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. so um, he is credited as a writer in this and is directed by Chris Stokes. I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm going to just give you like a highlighted version of their history. Because, um, no, but, you know, it's uh, Black Hollywood is very small. So I know Chris by proxy. I've never met him, but I've worked with people who's worked with him. By all means, they say he's a nice guy. But there has been rumors for many, many years that he may have had either a consensual or unconsensual, that's never been clear, but the rumors have been flying of both relations, sexual relations with members of B2K when they were under age. Oh, I see. Because he used to manage the band. Got uh, The group. So it's, you know, seeing Mark uh, Marquise's name uh, as the credit on this makes me think, okay, so at least that relationship is seemingly okay. Right, somehow, yeah. Somehow, whatever. Um, but the other, there are other members of that group who've been very outspoken to say that they were abused 
during this time in the band oh, and wow. they point to Chris as their abuser. So Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this is a complicated movie. Very complicated. And so it's so it's wow. Okay. So it's interesting then. So yeah, so Tay then Wow, it's interesting. Because Tay yeah. is very involved in this movie. Like we said, he he is a producer on it as well. Yeah. And he basically shows up halfway through as the Kevin Anderson role from from Sleeping with the Enemy or any mm-hmm. of these other movies where he's like the good guy who shows up, right? So, wow, that's interesting. So, but mm-hmm. there's it's a very standard thriller in the sense of basically, um, so Madison essentially is in this abusive relationship with yeah. uh, Michael and she fakes her own death to mm-hmm. escape him and goes to another place in the country and starts her life over again still pregnant and in the process meets her next door neighbor who is alex as you mentioned Charday, who's tay diggs who has yeah. her who has his own uh, kid and they reluctantly begin a romance but of course that's not the end of michael who comes back and you know you can kind of write the rest of it in terms of what happens so yeah it's a engaging enough i think it's one of those things me and connor were texting about this it's the production value in this film is, I would say, limited in terms of how it was put together. There, mm-hmm. there are kind of you can you can see the seams of it, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Connor, like you, Sharday, we all work in production to some degree. Like you know, there's there you can kind of go like, okay, this isn't you know the the biggest budget in the world. Yeah. And me and Connor are saying when Tay shows up, maybe be, just because it's Tay Diggs there feels like there's a leveling up of the movie where you're like, right. oh, okay, here we go. Now the movie's getting going, right? That's that's a little even, bit how it yeah, plays. Yeah, but even like a, what, what I thought was weird, and I, I had remarked this to you, Dan, because like while I was watching it, like even aesthetically, like it literally felt like that's when, right, was, right, right. That's when they started color correcting it. That's when they started like <laughs> it. And, and what's crazy is like, even like the music in the first half of the movie, like I could swear that in my job as a, a little as stocky, a post supervisor, like yeah. I yeah. probably came across it on premium beat. You know what I mean? Like premium some version dot yeah. com. Like I could just, <laughs> I could just hear that watermark, like under some of the music. And then Tay shows up and you like, you get actual like top 40 needle drops. You know what I mean? That probably right. didn't cost no money. Right. And like, it's, yeah. a, it's a weird I, I don't think I've ever seen it happen before in a movie. Well, to be fair, though, there, there, and this is a good behind the curtain for people who maybe don't work in the industry that we like we do. Producer can mean lots of many things. True. Sure. But it could yeah, mean yeah, 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 you yeah. just gave money. It could mean you're such a big name and you have a pay so little that you're changing a credit for, you know, a lack of money. That's what so, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm, that's what I'm really leaning towards. Like, yeah, we don't have a lot of money. We're going to pay you SAG low media, right? Which is the basic SAG yeah. scale. Yeah. Um, but we can give you producer credit. So like you can get some points. That's, and that's stuff so like funny. That. That's exactly. I was like, well, that's, there was probably a conversation with yeah. Tay about the, like, oh yeah. Hey, you're only going to work 10 days. Hey, right. I know it's not a lot of money. We'll give you producer credit. I know you, I know you want to produce. And nice what producer people credit. don't realize is because, you know, I'm looking at the credits and I'm like, oh yeah, these people all know each other. They all know each other. Black Hollywood's very small. Favors are cashed in all the time. Sure. It's like, oh, you, you went to school with my son in 2001 and, you know, you took him home from, from uh, the soccer game that day. So what, will you do my movie now in 2020? So it, it could be that too. Like I owed you a favor and yet here we go. I'm yeah. I, no, no, I'm glad, I'm glad you pointed that out. Cause it's like one of those things that to, as Dan mentioned, like you see the seams of the movie and I can't help but think about things like that 
when you oh, see yeah. the seams of a movie where you're like, okay, who's, I mean, it's like you watch a movie, uh, you watch a movie like Winter's Tale, right? Yeah. Which feels like a whole movie based on somebody cashing in favors. Well, and for context, Akiva Goldsman wrote and directed that movie and he's a, one of Hollywood's biggest screenwriters, obviously. And in that movie, you get a cameo from Will Smith. You get a cameo from Matt Bomber. Right. You get a not cameo from Russell Crowe. And when you and when you track Akiva Goldsman's writing and then producing credits, he has worked with all of those people throughout the years. So yeah. you would understandably, Charday, to your point, think, you Cash know, Akiva favor. Goldsman's probably a person you, he's reasonable to work with because he's gotten a million jobs and he's right. obviously talented because he's written, you know, he's won Oscars for stuff like A Beautiful Mind. And he must and be a nice guy if they're cashing in their favors. That's like exactly him. right. So, so it's like Will Smith gets to play the devil for a day. Why not? Yeah, right? yeah. Why not? And, <laughs> and um, Winter's Tale is the perfect example, Connor, actually. Yeah. No, it's, and it's um, just that, that's, and I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't like ragging on movies of like a lower budge caliber because as no. we say on this podcast, like making movies is hard, man. Like I don't, you yeah. know, so like, but it is, it, I've, it, it's all to say it, if Tay is where the money went to, to for one reason or another, the money of this movie is on screen in that regard because it does feel yeah. like it shows up and it like finally like becomes a movie, which is which is interesting. Yeah, I, I will say one of the interesting things about this movie that I did not expect was for Tay to just be a genuine good guy. Like, like, again, kind of what we're talking about, like there's just sort of like a almost like a trademark duplicitousness or something that's in there yeah. that you're like almost expecting him to be like to like sell her out at some point like well you know right. it's interesting you mentioned that too because i worked you know at the production company it was under leah daniels butler who is like one of the top tier black casting director or just casting directors in general in the town and you know um what she always told me was you'd be surprised how these actors they just want to play something different because they're sure. always given one type of role yeah, so if yeah, you yeah. catch them on the right day and you're like you can play a good guy for tay and since he's like oh yeah. i get to play like a romantic love interest and i never get to do that anymore so yeah I would love to play that. Yeah. You'd be well, surprised having him just say yes to that. Well, I love, that's why I love the Mark Wahlberg quote about the happening where he was very honest, yeah. where he was like, I got to play a science teacher. <laughs> a science it wasn't a teacher. cop. Yeah, He's like, I, I, it's, I, I only play cops. I wanted to play a science teacher. You're yep. like, yeah, it's like, it's like, that's why when you read about with Mark Wahlberg, I think we've mentioned this before. He had a fall. He had a falling out with David O. Russell over yeah. Silver Linings Playbook because yep. He developed it. He wanted to play that role that Bradley Cooper played. And the, the like, the retaliatory move, it, we, it, this is conjecture, but the retaliatory move feels like, from the Mark Wahlberg side of things, is the gambler. Where, like, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's like, okay, bro, I'm going to call Rupert Riot. I'm going to go play a teacher and a gambling addict in The Gambler. Watch what I can do. And actually, I really like that movie. But point is, like, to your point, Charday, that's exactly right. It's like, yeah. Mark Wahlberg might be great at playing cops, but he doesn't want to only do only that. Only play right? cops, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he should never play science teacher again. <laughs> yes, either. I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> that, that, really that, that attempt did not work well. Yeah. And I think you were gonna, you were alluding earlier. You're gonna ask me like, this is a thriller. Does it? I I think that's what you were gonna ask. Like, does it categorize as a horror? And I always say yes. I feel like thrillers, thrillers are, are horror. Yeah, they're an umbrella. 
uh, yeah, branch. I would of ag- it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, you know, I know less. I know less. I think <laughs> it's kind of like missing that element for like too much of the movie, though. If I'm being honest, yeah, like. <sighs> It and again, like I, the first part of the movie, like weirdly, the abuse in the beginning of the movie feels like it goes on too long, and not, Uh, yeah, not that you don't need to like obviously set it up. And I will say one of the things I did appreciate about the movie is the first thing you see when it ends, which is sort of ironic, just given the allegations that you just mentioned. Uh, But like the first thing you see is like an abuse hotline, right? Like of like, hey. This is a real thing that happens. Yeah. Hey, we just tortured you with all yeah, this yeah, abuse yeah. triggering stuff, but and, don't forget to call the hotline when yeah, you're done. It's, it's a little weird, but I can, I almost, I'm curious to know if that was like a studio note thing of like, look, man, we like gotta like, like, uh, yeah, I've this seen movie, worse and they've and, never done it before. I've seen I've never and, done and it. Look, <laughs> and look, to, to the point of these, you know, what we're talking about, the behind the scenes element of it all, it, this movie did not do well at all, which maybe has something to do right. with just kind of, you know, the how much how, I, mean, I, I would have to guess that it all affected it right in terms yeah. of just kind of the whatever all these accusations and kind of what's behind everything and you know yeah so that's that something definitely that probably affected uh, it. Uh, yeah i mean i would have to think yeah i mean yeah. so you know yeah. the only the, a movie that did uh recently that did the whole abuse thing um i'm gonna say did it well but they did it appropriately in my opinion was um the invincible man because yeah. for that that story they didn't show any of the abuse because they said you don't need to see it you just yeah. have to believe her that, when she says she did it this movie yeah. could have used that tip no we, that's you know yeah you know that's hmm. that you you said it way better than I, like that that's kind of what i was getting at it's just that like it's it's kind of trading in the abuse for the first like half of the movie as it's like thriller element when like yeah a, that's just hard to watch, and B, like that's not what makes a good thriller, right? Like, I, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's just no, yeah, this, just the mystery is what makes the thriller, yeah, the thriller, and and there isn't, I think, enough tension built up in the yeah, agree in that, the yeah. Tay half of the movie of the lingering, like, oh, Michael's coming back, Michael's. It's sort of like there's a middle portion where it's just a Tay romance movie, which, like, I'm gonna be honest, on its own, I didn't really hate. Like, it's, right, it's right. nice to just watch Tay be charming for like. 20, yeah. a 20 you know what the biggest shocker of this movie is for me as i'm mm. looking at it right now is that marcus houston actually has 10 movie credit writings to his name like oh I had no really idea. that's like I had another no idea. whole career he carved out for himself yeah this was his fourth screenplay that got produced and then he's gone on to do six more after that so uh, wow. it's very shocking to me actually <laughs> i had no idea i knew he could act he's been acting for a long time outside of the group but i didn't know he was writing features like this so Good for you. Good Marquise. for Marcus. Um, yeah, this so, movie is, is rough. Go ahead, sorry. No, yeah. I was gonna say this movie is rough. It's giving yeah. you know Tyler Perry. I hate to transfer this, but Tyler Perry has also made a career of making movies just like this right. that um, lead women, which is great, but also it leads puts women through, especially black women, the most perilous, triggering situations, and it never and, and it's it never really means anything. It's just a, a means to break their character and break their spirit. And then they're saved by a dude. Like, that's what happens in this movie. Like, she manages to get away from her husband. She's pregnant. She fakes her death. But no, she meets a man. Because thank God she meets a man. Or she would never survive without this dude. And And insulting. Doesn't it feel weird that I I even had to double back and rewatch it when it happens? So when Michael shows up at the house at the end of the movie again, and Tay comes to the door, right? 
and he kind of, I mean, clearly knows something's wrong because then he like dives through the door a second later and it just all kind of happens. It felt so very strangely edited in a way like, oh, is this not how they shot this scene originally? Or like, like, do you know what I mean? Like it felt almost like the scene was supposed to end another way. Probably. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it's the, the whole, that whole kind of to your point, Shredder, like that whole sequence is muddled in a way of like, how is this going to end for her in a sense of, is she going to be the one who takes it into her own hands and, and deals with her abuser? But nope. are, but, right. But then they're like, no, we're going to give Tay his hero moment. No, nope, we're going to let the man see her. Yeah, it's so, it's a jumbled, <laughs> yeah, weird yeah. thing. No, of course she can't save herself. That's a silly notion. Um, I produced a, a horror film through the company two years ago, and that was my biggest note. It was... It, I'm going to get in trouble. Y'all, no, they're not going to listen to this anyway. The movie's <laughs> called Survival, right? And it's about mm-hmm. a black woman who gets kidnapped and she's taken across this like um, cross country. What, what's the movie with um, Brad? Uh, was it Brad Pitt? No. You guys know what I'm Bra- talking about. Breakdown with Kurt Russell? No. Um, uh, Julie, Julie. Julie. Oh, Julia. California? Are you thinking Thank of- you. It's, yeah. Yes. It's yeah, like that is California. Brad- Thank yeah, you yeah. so mm-hmm. much. Um, Pitt, yeah. yeah. And Juliet uh, Lewis. Lewis. No, yeah, not, yeah. yeah. Juliet Lewis. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. But it was, you know, a black lead. And at the end of the movie, you know, spoiler alert, I don't think it's coming out anytime soon. So I'm spoiling it for you guys. Um, Her (laughs) husband, who is like on the other side of the country, somehow drives across the country and finds her and saves her life. And my biggest note before we started that movie was like, so the movie is called Survival and her husband saves her. And he's like, yeah, it's really great. Like he loves her so much. And I'm like, yeah no <laughs> like that's not how this should work like what do you do you see how that's a problem <laughs> yeah, not, exactly. and, and unfortunately you know you can only do so much as a producer right, right. that's the ending that we have so that that movie's coming out you know what that reminds me of and this is, a, is obviously a different thing but the th- uh, if, if i'm not mistaken the way that i still know what you did not la- i still know what you did last summer ends with freddie prince jr like getting on a boat and somehow making oh, yeah, it yeah, to yeah, the yeah. island literally is, like yeah. jumping <laughs> off of the pier onto the boat and like right. flying it uh, like floating um and then yeah saving saving julie thank god because thank god he's there um what would she have done what would she have done what would she have done um but um, (laughs) and the second one i think the same thing happens no the second one the same thing happens too he drives across that's what i'm saying he flies and then takes a boat yeah to the island to save her yeah i still know yes yes it's more it's more unbelievable in the second one because it's like he somehow finds the island and it's like he's by himself and i don't know yeah i'm gonna steal the boat i'm gonna go get (laughs) those movies those movies collectively were like hey you know the cool thing about the final girl trope we're gonna take that away (laughs) away you you know the cool thing about the ownership of the final girl trope no 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 no, no, thanks bullshit bullshit. and that starring also starring a a, a very talented black leading man we didn't bring up mckay pfeiffer's in that yeah mckay pfeiffer oh my god mckay pfeiffer and othello Oh, like oh oh oh, oh yeah that yeah. oh that's exactly i was like starring, why did you take off from that josh yeah. starring josh my boy josh. <laughs> julia styles like, yes when i saw him in that role i was like you should be great the movie. leading man in everything why aren't great. you the leading man in everything it doesn't make great, sense great great movie yeah that's a great, movie. a great movie it's it, you know that movie uh, we've talked about that movie before i actually interviewed hardnet for a movie last year and we oh, talked wow. about we kind of talked about a bit about of his career how's he and doing 
I miss him. He's doing well. I mean, okay, he's good. he's he's in Exterminate All the Brutes, which is the Raul okay. uh, Peck uh, four yes. episode HBO Max amazing docu drama or docu series with reenactments, and Josh Hartnett plays like racist white people through the ages, and ah. it's but it's like an incredible collaboration he's got a very small I love him p- part of it but it's a yeah. very great we talked about that a little bit in the interview before it came up but anyway he's had a lot of movies josh hartnett that have been kind of buried in development hell stolen from mm. the producers and the whatever so but always one of them that the studio got gun shy because because of columbine and 9 11 oh, like there's a yeah, lot of yeah, things yeah. That that scared them, and the movie got dumped. A uh, very underrated movie. Um, so and good. And Mackay Pfeiffer is great in it. Yeah. So good. So here we we're at the, the end. Been, show. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But this has been great. We we've we've gone long, and and Charday, you've yeah. been amazing to 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 hang with us, and we appreciate it. And we've covered we've covered more real estate in this podcast than we've done in any podcast. And I love that we've oh, done it. Um, I hope that's good. No, <laughs> it's great. It's, it's great. Great. Let me just say, so Tay, um, as we come to the end here. Any like final Tay recommendations? I will say, obviously, we've been like referencing it throughout. How Still Gutter Grew Back is an yeah. incredible Thelma and Louise like star making performance in yes. which well, he he's just Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, he yeah, just, exactly. yeah, he just appears and you go like, oh, is this not <laughs> the most beautiful person who's ever been created? Although or that whatever, accent you know? is awful. Yes, but the the, we'll the patois is yes, it's, it's not. So- but, it feels yeah. like that thing. Me and Connor talk about accents a lot <laughs> on this podcast. It feels like the actor's curse of he went halfway. Yeah. Right. Which is if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, like don't do, don't be Tom Cruise in far and away where oh you my like, God, no, or even Brad Pitt. And what's the movie? Well, meet Joe black. Devil, oh, meet Joe well, black. Well, oh, he does. Is that, are you thinking the, about the Patois scene in meet Joe black? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. In the hospital. Yeah. Well, no, but the thing with that scene in Mitchell Black is he goes all the way in yeah. that scene. Oh, it's, he goes it's a, all it's a, the way. Too it's far. a dicey thing, but yeah, I think even in Stella, <laughs> too I, far. I rewatched I rewatched Stella for this podcast. Sure, me too. And yeah. and I had seen it in like the early, I forgot. Early high Can school. I tell you? I forgot how funny Whoopi is in that movie. So funny. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. Oh. She's so good. It um yeah, I don't he's great in the movie, but like be, I mean, it's it's he's so perfectly cast because he's so fucking handsome. So that, handsome, like, just um, like so childish nature. He's an adult, yeah, but just that, that like naive sensibility. Like, oh, you don't need to go back home and raise kids. You don't yeah, need to make money. Ev- just stay here. <laughs> every every part of that of, of the way that movie's executed and the decisions that people make in that movie like feel realistic to me. Like, do where, you know? What you guys watch the show where they they bring people from different countries together? To oh, be 90, day, ninety day fiance. This yeah. was ninety day fiance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My wife, yeah. my wife, lo- my that's, wife loves that's that. That's hundred percent what it is. And it, but what I love is like even just certain scenes between like Bassett and like Regina King, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. sort of like this thing of you know people being like, "Why are you doing this?" And then like they look at Tay Diggs and they're like, "Well, okay, like oh, yeah. yeah, like it's it's <laughs> it's, it. it's pretty like." Uh, basic to say in terms of like its motivations yeah. uh, and he's so perfectly cast in that regard because you're like yeah who wouldn't who wouldn't do this but also I 
would be the first to admit as the woman on the podcast if the roles were reversed this is a creepy ass movie yes yes (laughs) yeah it could if she was a woman if it was tay diggs trying to pick up a young uh woman in a different country it's a good point different movie it couldn't it's a good point completely wrong no No it could not no. I'll, so, but I'll recommend. So, obviously, that's a recommend. Stella, how Stella got her group back. His his film debut. Yeah. I I will personally recommend. I I had even trouble finding this, but Kevin Hill, the UPN show, is a, yeah. a short lived show. I loved that show. When yep. I I couldn't find it. I wanted to rewatch. I couldn't find it. But if you can find it, uh, I recommend that. That was a, a lovely show. Um, and then I would say, um. Murder in the First is basically just a procedural, but he is good in it. I watched a few episodes in preparation for it. That's kind of a good one. It's on Hulu. Private Practice kind of, it's like if that's what, if if that's what you like, it's it's a perfect dose of that. Kate Walsh, right? He's the lead in that. It went on for many seasons. Those are all, that's all TV, I know, but but those are all pretty strong recommendations and kind of utilize Tay in a very great way i think it not yeah. also different ways so and those I'm would be still, my recs yeah go ahead. i'm still gonna say i don't know what season is but it's a later season of will and grace i want to say nine or ten and yeah. he has this four episode arc or it's a little more it's about a seasonal arc where he is gonna uh get engaged to will but he has to marry obviously grace because they're not gay marriage was not legal during that time it's significant to me because it's the first time i have um saw on tv a black man who is straight but a black man playing a queer man, an openly gay man on TV who has a, a kiss with another man, it's it's a big step for our community because there's a lot of homophobia that is just just like embedded yes. in black communities. So and it was a just, big deal. And let me just say it's season eight, episodes season eight, okay. 10, 14, 15, 16. He yes. plays he plays James Hansen. Yes, and he's handsome, and um, he's like a real love interest for Will, but he also like there's a little twist to it. He also is kind of an asshole, but in a, mm. in a Tay Diggs asshole way. In a very Tay, in a very Tay, Tay Diggs very asshole way. way. Only Tay could do. So I loved it. I, I I think it's a great arc. He's funny. I don't think he gets to do comedies anymore like that. You know, he's kind of yeah. left that behind. But I think it's a great arc, and I think everyone should watch that that episode. Those episodes. Uh, uh, that's a great recommendation, Connor. What about you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I I would the, be, the best man movies obviously. Oh, in terms yeah. of yo, in terms of my recos, yeah, the best man movies, love them. Um, I would also recommend you know two movies we've mentioned a couple times that are both great if you haven't seen them: The Wood and Brown yes. Sugar. Yes. Um, he's great in both of them. Brown Sugar is just I, don't I know, love. I can't. I, I, love. I, had, I had so never, sweet. I had never seen it, and it was I was just so charmed by it. I, and that's that's Sana, like you said, Charlie. That's Sana. Yeah, Sana, yeah. And uh, they're so sweet, and this is the most yeah. gorgeous couple on screen. And it's. I just, also I love, love. There's, <laughs> there, because we were just talking about Stella. There's that Queen Latifah like dig that she has sort of early on in the movie where she's like, you're walking around like a Terry McMillan character. Yeah, and it's Terry. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> love that. Um. Oh, and also Sanaa Sana Wreck, a movie that I like a lot. That movie, Something New. Yes. Oh my God, I love Something New. I love Something New. And she it's, dates the the guy from the Simon the, the, the Guardian. Yes, Simon. I no, the Mentalist. The, the Mentalist. The yeah. Mentalist. I know him from the Mentalist. Oh, which, like, which, which? Not to keep doing the rabbit hole. Wait, I it's love a Lathan Sa- Baker joint. Lathan <laughs> Baker. I I love I love the show Psych with Dulé Hill. 
And in the show Psych, they always make they make fun of the mentalist because yeah. the mentalist stole the Psych premise. Yes, exactly. The and body there's like language. a very open <laughs> acknowledgement of like the mentalist being the CBS show that stole the USA right, the show. Right, version of yeah. Anyway, anyway, but um, something sorry. new is fantastic. Uh, yeah, something um, new it, is great. It's 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 great too because it's just like, it is something that exists in our community. So that's why I love movies like this for all audiences because you kind of get a peek into what black culture is because bringing home a white man i mean it, it, it's not like a bad thing but it is something new it's something that's a little different for some families yeah. and she has the best time in this movie and he is so handsome and it's oh, like simon everyone's Baker, yeah it's everyone who sees simon's like oh we get it okay cool like, exactly it's awesome. right so yeah I There's a lot it. to recommend. That's the nice recommend. thing about Tay. Um, I'm I'm happy we finally covered him. I'm happy that it happened. Oh, and Friday go. Where we could have by the way, on. sorry, we didn't. T- I just got to. He's drop in it. go. Go. Hold on. Have you not? Yeah. Seen so, go? and you know, it reminds me. Actually, sorry, that reminds me. I, I was going to mention. Go is important to me. That's like the second movie he ever made. He, oh, yeah, John August Go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's the dude. So he he is part of the best needle drop. I think in the history of cinema, I'm not, I'm not mm. even joking in go, he's got the gold jacket on They're in Las Vegas and people keep making fun of him because he looks, it's like such a ridiculous jacket and this, they're all together. It's like Breck and Meyer, him, these other people, whatever it is, like the, the foursome Katie and Holmes. Katie Holmes is like, yeah, he's, she's <laughs> in another part of the story. And they're walking out of the casino or the hotel, hotel casino. And this like shitty white dude, uh, parks his Ferrari in front and thinks Tay's the valet because he's black and his jacket. Yeah, yeah, and, his and tosses jacket. him the keys and is like, "Hey, man, park this or whatever." And Tay goes, "Get in!" And they they openly steal the car. Yeah, because he's just he's tired of people making fun of the jacket. Um, and the needle drop is the song i was lying on the grass this what is that what is my sunshine steal my sunshine sunshine. yeah yes yeah it's the best it's the absolute best (laughs) needle drop of any movie and they like fly off in the freaking shout uh, out to john august hey yes john august who's who yeah and that's the pod he has a great podcast Podcast. script notes notes is great script notes is great Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to drop that wreck in there because I do. Thank you for go. mentioning yeah. that. Go is go is yeah. a great movie. Um, Sharday, mm-hmm. as we finish up here, remind us where can we Afro Horror, obviously, but anything else as we, you know, Twitter. What what else you got going? on? You can find me on Twitter at I am Sharday Sellers because I've made my Instagram private because I plan on having a debauchery filled summer and I just don't need professional people to see me that smart, way. Smart, smart. So it is now officially like five people allowed to see my Instagram, but Twitter I'm still fun. But we'll just. Uh, know that you're having a good time yeah we'll we'll see it and we'll know we'll be like good for sure well if i've met you i accept your request but if i don't know you you're not getting into that thing because i just i just you know it feels unprofessional of me to copy that copy that i'm gonna have a great time um so yeah i'm on twitter say hello i don't really like the thing but i'm i'm there that yeah, feels man, like hey. such a good breakdown of Twitter. Could, just... Couldn't said it better than me. Um, yeah, and obviously, like we said, check out Afro Horror. If uh, Afro Horror, the podcast, it's great. Um, and yeah, me, you know this already, but DJ Mecca on Twitter uh, reviews on the film stage, of course, among other things. Fathom Stories, which 
we have a new story every month. I'm going to start writing. This is fun, Connor. I don't think you know this for Fathom. I'm going to start writing Twitter length, tweet length little short stories. Because hmm. I just think, why not? In between uh, Charday, we I do we do these audio stories, ten minutes or less. Oh yes. Twilight Twilight Zoney things. Oh, I like. It. I I wrote mo- I write most of them. Connor helps with the sound design and some VO. We have our huh. VO friends help us out uh they're very yeah they're fun um anyway that's at fathom stories that used to be uh, a so. reddit thread called two sentence um horror stories and you there had you two yeah. sentences to tell a horror story so good yeah luck so you. yeah thank you so uh, yeah i have the audio part but we're going to start doing the little tweet stories which is cool counter i'll pass it over to you as we wrap up yeah uh you can find me on twitter at scruffy looking you can find this podcast on twitter and facebook at tfsb side if you have any questions comments, concerns any suggestions for future episodes you'd like to see you can send those to bside at the film stage.com and uh yeah that's about it what else do we have coming up we um we have a, I think as you're listening, it won't have happened yet, um, but we have a really, I don't want to say too much before it locks in, but our next cinephile game night will be coming up in the beginning of June. Oh, yes. And yes, we yes, we yes. have a, if it locks in, we have a very, great very filmmaker. great filmmaker that's going to be on it. So can just, I know afterwards? Uh, after we stop yeah. recording, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't want to say too much, but just keep your eyes and ears yeah. peeled on the Cinephile Game Twitter, the Film Stage Twitter for that, when that's going to, that'll drop. But that, that'll that be coming up. And uh, I guess we're going to have Charday back in the future at some point. Hell for yeah. A, uh, Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah, for a Julia Roberts episode. So I guess look look out uh, for that. That's going to be some good. Point. Um, so but yeah, thank you again, Charday, so much for joining us. We Thanks, really, guys. we really appreciate it. And, uh, it's, it's been good that we were able to go long on this because as they say, that's just the Tay it digs and some things will never change. <laughs> they say that? I know it's obvious.